Hey folks, it's Sam from That Time We Woke Up in a Podcast and Had to Explain Manga, our heated adventures overanalyzing manga that we find interesting. And on this episode, I hope you all are barricaded far away from the dangers outside and have got enough electricity to stay tuned because we are diving into the zombie-infested world of ZOM 100, Bucket List of the Dead, by Asao Haro and Takata Kotaro. We read chapters 1 through 22. So grab some snacks, lock the doors, don't get bitten, and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Overmanka Cast. My name is Sam, and as always, here at the top of the show, we talk about our familiarity with the franchise that we read this week. Uh, this one was a uh, unknown for me. I had zero idea what this was, and frankly, I'm happy to have found it i really enjoyed this one spoilers for my thoughts on it uh matt how about you uh yeah uh matt here uh zom 100 i had seen a few things about and kind of brushed it off up until the anime trailer came out and i'm like well we're whores for attention that we are and it's why we make content on the internet yep then and so yeah so that's why we're reading it (laughs) uh jay brand new here i don't really gravitate towards zombie themed things so reading it for the podcast all right and jacob uh i have always had a strong dislike for zombie fiction i'd never heard of this my opinion about this specifically we'll uh, get into over the course of all right and uh so now that we know that we can dive right in with um hey do you get the metaphor (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this this manga will scream at you several times over the course of our reading. Okay, which metaphor? Because I have like three potential metaphors going on in my head. Well, the one that we start off with is the idea of uh, a perspective on a living hell. <laughs> because we open with a man being chased by zombies saying, I can't take anymore. This is living hell. And finding out that that is a schlocky movie being watched by a very, very sleep-deprived man in a very filthy apartment. Oh. As we see Akira Tendo, age 24, third year of employment. And, oh man, that that introductory card paired with that face. 60 that, more years to go, hopefully. Uh, that tells you everything you need to know right there. Not the severity, but the, the, the general vibe. Yeah, I, I, I related to this protagonist a little too much. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to say that this protagonist, I, I, there were elements that I absolutely related to, but also elements where I would have not been as resilient as he would have been, I guess. Well, I, I mean, more specifically, uh, uh, and to be fair, com- mostly comedically, but like the whole, oh, God, this job I'm up to late. I need to be awake in the morning. My apartment's a mess. You be out for like days at a time too and he's like literally i would come home to filth because i'm literally only there to drop my head down sleep for a few hours and have to go right back at it again i would have like immediately rage quit maybe we should give some context for this but um we kind of flash back to uh, our protagonist akira's first day of work and he's fresh out of college uh bright-eyed bushy-faced um first day goes pretty well everyone's excited to be there uh the girl from accounting is cute uh they go to a happy hour they all drink their fill and he's just like i can't wait to start work early tomorrow and they're like oh no we're working through the night what (laughs) we're going back to the office right now what do you mean back 
the question is, you know, they've all drank their fill. So they're also like drunk. Why are you going back to the office? How productive could you possibly be? It it doesn't matter. No, No. it doesn't matter. I want butts and seats. Yep. The point is that it's abusive because, uh, yeah, no, I I also vibe with the idea that uh, uh, staying up way too late to scrape whatever pathetic enjoyment of free time you can possibly get. Uh, my boy's first day of work lasts three days. Yep. One thing that I uh, particularly latched onto in this flashback of his first few days at work is the equally emaciated and dead looking co-workers who are all playing suffering olympics saying oh man you think that's bad i've been here for 120 hours in a week it's like they're bragging to each other about how much unpaid overtime they've done let me say that again unpaid Mm-hmm. I know this is a Japanese culture thing, but oh my god, that galled me so severely. Hey, hey Jacob, I, I have some bad news to you about what getting a salary is. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Salary. This is the amount of money that we are expending on you. Anything outside of that is completely up to you to manage. So I I the overtime and crunch is something I've dealt with. Obviously not, it never ends. And that I was more fine with than when they go to his boss. And his boss is constantly never happy about, hey, why are you guys up my butt? You don't need to be like coming to me about every little thing. And then anytime someone makes a decision without his say-so, he's like, oh, so you think you're the big man now? Don't gotta come to ask me. Well, okay, boss. It's just like, yeah, I've I've dealt with someone exactly like that, and it's mm. insane. Literally, <laughs> literally, those two panels were all it took for me to desire this man's violent, painful death. Also, uh, <laughs> other Akira's got some great panels, but um, the one where it's been like he's been on the job for two weeks, and mm. it's just him standing in front of the subway, just going like, hmm, you know, if that gate wasn't there, I could just step in front, and then I'd not have to work again. That'd be great. And it's just such a casual thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, the thing is, and just to be clear, when I say I identify with uh, uh, Akira, it's like this is obviously like I don't want to say it's ratcheted up for comedy because I know there are some places that are actually earnestly like this. Like there is that element of. I have thought that jokingly. Akira's thinking that seriously. Ah! Mm -hmm. Kind of. I I think there is a point afterwards where someone mentions his, like, uh, workers killing themselves, and he goes, huh, who would ever consider that? And I I took that in, like, a very earnest way of, like, there's an idolation he has about not having to do anything anymore. That Mm. isn't the same thing as I have made a plan. Yeah, yeah. No, I, Yeah. yeah, that's what that scene is conveying this is the first like half of this opening chapter which does a great job of of uh establishing exactly how dead inside our boy is hmm <laughs> zombie like you might say and as he steps outside uh he realize he finds a bill <laughs> that is two months old it's like oh i didn't pay for my bike rental space that's probably bad i'm gonna go talk to the landlord about this hey sir do you have a minute opens door finds cannibalistic scene of blood-soaked horror Uh, (laughs) oh 
okay, I'm running now. <laughs> Two and a half pages of Akira running from danger, being afraid. And then he has a moment where he's like, what's going on? Zombies? There are zombies everywhere. But that means I don't have to go to work. Well, no, it's actually worse than that because he's he's running up like he, he's running away from the zombies in the only direction he can, which is towards the roof. And at first he thinks I'm going to be late for work because mm -hmm. that's the abuse that he has subject to. I I love the tone flip because it gives you like two and a half pages, like Sam said, of like genuine zombie horror. It's like, oh, well, the world's gone to shit. How is he going to have to be like gruff and resourceful? And then just like a flip switch, he's just like, oh, no, I'm just real happy to be alive. And every second I have going forward is a gift. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's the transition. For, it's zombie horror. Oh, no, I'm going to be late for work, which just reinforces how miserable his life had been up to that point. And then he looks out and sees the condition of the world at large and realizes, oh, wait, I don't have to go to work at all. Yeah. This is an acceptable situation. <laughs> The actual unalloyed end of the world puts this man on cloud nine. I, I was about to say, Akira sees a plane crash into Tokyo, which um seems like it should be a bigger deal. Uh-huh. But I this manga exaggerates a lot. Oh. Mm -hmm. I, this thing is hard, hyperbole all the way down. He, he's <laughs> taking in the sights and the sounds of the real world since he doesn't have to go work, go to work. Green trees, the bl bright blue sky, bright red blood. <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten the world was full of color. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, I dig this opening. <laughs> <laughs> It does a lot to uh, really endear you to the main character. It's really funny, but it has a level of earnestness that allows the serious moments to happen later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Plus, it, it's generally just flipping your expectations of a zombie, uh, of zombie fiction on its head, because, like, that is a genre known for very much, like, gritty. Everything is morose misery all the Look way down. what happens when the niceties of civilization are taken from you. And this one's mm. just like, man, look at all the free time I have now that civilization's been taken from me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't have to uphold the mores of society anymore. <laughs> it's, oh. almost as, it's almost as if uh, beating people into submission work grind is uh, not good. Yeah. <laughs> Bold takes this I, manga. I had mixed feelings. I'm not going to lie. And Matt is going to make fun of me, but... Oh, no, please defend bureaucracy. We we need a neutral party in this. <laughs> okay, I totally, again, I have to side with the protagonist in that I totally would not have been able to last quite as long as he did, even if it was the equivalent of what, maybe a week, two weeks? I don't Eventually, even know. How he was he was there for three years total. It took oh, two yeah. weeks for him to die inside. Yes. Um... I probably would have made some moves long before that. Yes. Well, so the but, one thing he says is he didn't have the availability to make moves. Like, when was he going to? Look? Yeah, because he's he was basically working what like twenty hour days. A as then, someone who during crunch time had to find a new job, uh, I know what he's saying. It's like it's real weird to be like, "Hey, can I just be gone for these two hours?" Yeah, so it's literally like you would have been dead stopped and you would have had to sever ties and then scramble to find something. But also, I wonder, you know, 
he does expand upon like what he was being paid, which wasn't great too. Like I think he was he had made peace with the fact that he was working for a production company that was, I guess, pretty notorious or well known. Yeah, he, he realizes what it is when he's there long enough. Yeah, it, it takes him a while to realize he's not being paid well, but like the reader could know he's not being paid well because you see yeah. the person bragging about his salary. Yeah. He said that he makes $2,000 a month in Tokyo, which yes. is not great for upper level employee. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. I saw that and I was like, hold on. That's yen. What's that in USD? Oh, that's that in USD. Oh my God. So comparatively, Tokyo, for whatever reason, and obviously this depends on locality, is more affordable than a lot of large cities. No but kidding. Yes. Um, but it's still but insane. Still, still that still, still that is a goodness. Two thousand USD a month in a city is still just ugh. like he's making sixty two thousand a year, which is not a small amount of money, but it's definitely not I'm buying all my coworkers lunch money. Like he he it's not throw around money. Well, you almost wonder, like, if that is his money or if they're able to bill it to the company, because I know some agencies. No, he's explicitly paying it for it himself. They're not billing it to the company. Because I'm thinking, like, if these people are so overworked, they don't even have, like, an apartment. Like, if you don't have an apartment, you don't have a car, you don't have anything. They literally sleep under their desk at work. So I'm not saying it's great, but I'm just trying to like, if that's the, the math checks out, if they are basically slaves. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That that's, that's the long and short of it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we have my favorite side characters, which is the couple that lives downstairs. They're my favorite. Cause they're, they're engaging like normally with the with the zombie fiction that we're we're inside of right now. Akira's climbing down a pipe. Because he just he shimmies down the, the freaking eaves trough. Yeah. And he's like, oh, hey, guys. Uh, it's like, do you do you need to like shelter here with us? Nah, I'm going to go confess to my uh, work crush. Oh, by the way, I'm probably going to hit up a convenience store. You need any supplies? Um, I mean, some toilet paper would be nice all right you got it bye he's he's gonna die <laughs> happy what's with that he finally has a time to breathe yeah so basically uh akira went through his mind and was like hey if the world's ending i should just do what i want and things i've never been able to do for like three years what's the one thing i want to do i want to tell my crush at work the cute girl from accounting who was having sex with the boss with the CEO, um, yeah. Very loudly, like right down the hall or right next to it. It was really great. It was right next to his desk. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't <laughs> not know about this. Uh, I particularly, well, I don't want to say liked, but I found it funny that one of the speech bubbles from the CEO is, don't worry, the walls are thick. The walls were not thick. The, the walls end. were not <laughs> thick. We can hear you. <laughs> but nobody can say anything. And by golly, I wish those walls were thick because it would have spared me. The... I, I don't. To be fair, I don't think Akira's really that. No, he's very he's disappointed. He's not disgusted. He's just disappointed. Yeah, he's not like, he was... oh, no, her purity. He's just like, oh, no, she's seeing someone like. Yeah, yeah she's seeing someone. Yes. Very loudly in my ear. I think he also like low key realizes that that that's a uh, power imbalance that is abusive. But so. He... 
So does he? Because he's the one also fantasizing about an office romance. <laughs> like, eh, yeah. He probably doesn't see anything wrong with it. Which, Well, I mean, not to nitpick their quote-unquote relationship, but it's like, it's different if I'm not a guy. So I'm just thinking it's different if you see someone like hanging out with somebody, like going on quote-unquote dates with somebody versus just hooking up in an office with somebody. No, let's be clear. You shouldn't be having sex in someone's office. That. Mm-hmm. No matter what Sweat and Soap told you, that's not appropriate <laughs> workplace behavior. <laughs> Excuse me, I enjoy Sweat and Soap. There's a, if you want to talk about office romances, then that's... Oh, yeah. Oh. But anyway, anyway <laughs> the, the whole thing is she was clearly getting some benefit about this because the only person who didn't hate their job was her. <laughs> or at least the only one who never expressed any hatred. But um, so... Akira goes to her place because he knows it from the employee Rolodex. Yeah, that's and weird. That is <laughs> right? that is weird. He 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 low key acknowledges that's weird. Mm. He's like, He's... I don't want to come off as a stalker, but like, dude, you, you know where you know where she lives. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the end of the world has happened. A lot of social mores have been thrown out the window. But you're right; it is still a little creepy. But he goes in there, and the first thing he sees is the CEO zombified and butt-ass naked. And I'm just like, oh no, that girl is so dead. But how dead is she? Uh, halfway. But we did have the uh, awesome, like, two-page thing of Akira talking to the zombified CEO as if he can understand. <laughs> it's just like... Turning consider- in his formal re- re- uh, <laughs> resignation. Consider this my resignation. Takes off his tie and... Thing we haven't mentioned yet, uh, Akira was a rugby star back in the day. Goes and uses his old rugby skills to yeet the CEO fat-ass zombie right off of the balcony of this apartment. That was an ultimate power move, and I appreciate it. Yeah, (laughs) I do appreciate how literally no services spent to how he kept in playing shape for three years of not taking care of anything. Like mm-hmm. he he was pissing blood, but apparently he stayed in rugby shape this entire time. He still got pecs, man. <laughs> like, yeah, damn. And he's not even that beefy. So I'm like, geez, the ugh, it's making me sweat. OK, but uh, after that, it's like, yeah, triumphant moment. All right. Now to find the girl up, oh, the girl's zombified. Yeah, he confesses his crush to the zombie and then books it. <laughs> and there's like this consistent level of uh, Akira is like, he's not not acknowledging the zombies as a threat. He's he's making a point of trying not to die. But he also like it comes off as denial about the situation. Like it's it's built in comedic contrast to his job is worse than this. Like yeah. the job he mm-hmm. no longer has to do is worse than the situation he's currently in. That- there is some callousness of human life about him. That's kind of weird. <laughs> a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, yes. At least early on, I think by the by the point where we end our reading, he's become more cognizant of the situation. I, and- I think a lot of it is he's got that kind of optimism where mm-hmm. his entire worldview is literally, well, that sucks. Nothing I can do about it. Just got to make the rest of what i can yeah like i i don't know there's part of me that really appreciates that he doesn't just do generic shonen protagonist nonsense but then he ends up doing some generic shonen protagonist nonsense and i'm like well okay buddy (laughs) (laughs) well 
the the sort of the sort of important thing is early like particularly in the very first several chapters like it is an expression of a punchline that his job is worse than the current situation it develops into a more like earnest character trait of him being like right on the line of toxic positivity like not over it but like right on the line of toxic positivity Mm -hmm. oh this series is basically just toxic positivity it gets there on the whole, yes, the series is toxic positivity, but like he is a character doesn't, you know. Yeah, he he is um, he he is full hedonist right now, reveling in the in the removal of his chains. I, All right. So uh, now we are into the new normal of the zombie apocalypse and uh, Akira revivified by the lack of work, looks around his apartment and is like, this place is a pigsty. I'm going to clean. Yeah, and the the single most unrealistic thing in all of this manga involving zombies is it takes basically one uninterrupted day to clean out an apartment in that condition. As someone who has let his apartment get that bad, that is total fiction. That is that is more crazy than any of the zombie shenanigans. <laughs> I will say this manga has a real problem with um, how long work takes because <laughs> they seem to think montages happen in real time. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Actually, yeah, that's a great way to describe it. But uh, he he resolves once he is done cleaning his apartment in truly a record breaking amount of time is like, all right, well, what else do I have to do today? Nothing. So what I'm going to do grabs a beer is get wasted and day drink. Yeah. I gotta say, if you've never taken the day off from work to just crack open a six-pack and watch TV, great feeling. <laughs> you have not lived, my friend. <laughs> Ugh, I, I've done that without the alcohol. I'm that assuming is... it's comparable. <laughs> it is. It is, in fact, comparable. Also a very viable way of doing it, yes. Uh, but... Uh... <laughs> I do love the little moment of Akira is just continuing to celebrate his uh, freedom, uh, going cheers to the world, <laughs> raising his beer. <laughs> There's the screams of people caught in the zombies. He turns on the news. There is a reporter. <laughs> Several members of the crew are trying to hold back the zombies. The reporter gamely continuing to uh, do her job, even as the horde breaks in and devours her. This is the joke. It's the standard zombie stuff is happening all around him, and he's still just happy he doesn't have to go into work at his at, at his job. He's just like, oh, sucks to be you, but I had days like that. And then <laughs> I guess there is a worldwide disaster going on. Should probably do something about that. But I've resolved to be a bum today. Let's crack open the fridge, and this was my last beer. No! This is what nightmares is made of. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I can't relate to being out of beer, so uh, you guys are going to have to take up. Well, it feels Jacob, like that. Have you, have, you ever, have you ever watched that Twilight Zone episode? The one where the guy, he has to quit his dead-end job, and then literally there's like an atom bomb or something that takes out humanity. So very similar. And all this, and all this guy wants to do is read. And his glasses fall off his face and break. There was time. It's like that. I want to drink another beer and I'm just like, no, there was time. Mm -hmm. I do like how he crawls down the rain gutter again and the neighbors are just like, oh, you're still alive. Uh, what do you what? Hey, I'm going on another supply run. I need beer. Do you guys got beer? No, we don't really drink. 
Well, gonna go on a beer run then. And well, he oh, no. offered to pick up some stuff for them, and he's like, yeah, yeah. "Oh, could you give me some like female Dirty magazine? Dirty magazine. Magazines. The lady Trash. asks for filthy magazine. <laughs> Trashier the better." <laughs> I, and like some paper towels. She knows what she likes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna say I really like the characterization of the um, husband because when um, Akira comes down, it's like, "Hey, do you guys got any beer?" I realize I ran out, and I, if not, I've got to go on a beer run. And he's just like, "You're going to go into zombie-infested wastelands for that?" Like, no, dude, don't. That's dangerous. That's not worth it. And he's genuinely apologetic that he doesn't have any beer to give him. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, no, don't go risk your life. It's not. I mean, if you're going to do it anyway, yeah, go pick up my wife's magazines. But like, I, I'm, I'm genuinely sorry I don't drink because I could save you risking. Your yes, life. I, I really genuinely wish it. I could give you what you needed so you didn't have mm-hmm. to risk your life. The- these two are good people. <laughs> <laughs> you can't not like them. It's a it's a rarity in this series. <laughs> they feel like realistic good people reacting to the shenanigans of this uh, of this manga character, <laughs> whereas most of the rest of the uh, cast is equally shenanigan laden manga characters. Let's let's just move on because we got to get to when he goes to the convenience store. <laughs> <laughs> Because when he's filling up his cart full of beer, because, man, do these convenience stores look pristine for a worldwide zombie epidemic going on? No one's looted this convenience store. Look, we read High School of the Dead. We know what convenience stores are supposed to look like in this situation. Even High School of the Dead just we lived through a pandemic and it didn't look like this. Yeah. But uh, he's skipping into the convenience store, singing about all the beer he's going to get. And damn, cartoon Looney Tunes looking ass. Uh, eyes pop out of head. Awooga. Yeah. Yes. This, this, this mangaka spends two pages making sure you know that Shizuka is she's very attractive. Yes, she's a very attractive female. Yeah. Has she her is, yeah. Yes. That. If only that was her personality. <laughs> Sporty shorts, sports bra, jacket, and sweating. Ja- jacket owned. is a loose term there, Sam. She is wearing, like, I, I don't know what that jacket is, but... It, it seems to serve equal parts, like, scantily falling off bathrobe and hoodie. Also, this girl apparently learned from, like, the... um legally blonde school of how to pick things out of a refrigerator because it's literally just how can i make my ass look as good as possible <laughs> like it's not, that actually, not really... that's actually a learning program that we actually have to take in school oh really oh that's what you guys were doing during the yeah. section of um yeah health class yeah uh, that makes so much sense now oh we just made dick jokes yeah oh, elucidating <laughs> and also got informed how the patriarchy would benefit us the rest of our life. Really just good. I knew it. Good all around. Uh, we're revealing all of the secrets here on the over manga cast. <laughs> truly, truly crossing, uh, <laughs> reaching across the aisle. <laughs> on the train of misogyny that is talking about Shizuka. Um, <laughs> Akira tries desperately to flirt with her and she's like, you really came all this way for beer. Yeah, no, you don't understand this survival situation well enough to be someone I'd be willing to partner with. Watch as I effortlessly defeat all these zombies with a magazine rack and walk away coolly. (laughs) And steal your bike. And steal your bike. While sticking my ass out. 
Yeah. I mean, it gets revealed at the end of this chapter, but we can talk about it here. Shizuka's entire personality is basically the antithesis of Akira, is how they're framed, at least in the beginning. Yeah. Whereas Akira has, I think we skimmed over this, he has formed a bucket list of the undead, a list of like a hundred things he wants to do before he gets turned into a zombie. He fills out 30 of them. He hadn't quite done that yet. Yeah, oh, he's he's inspired to do it by Shizuka saying, you're not going to survive. Uh, so Akira's response is, you know, she's probably not wrong. So I'm going to make a list of things I want to do before I become uh, a zombie. He has been doing that without making the list so far. Is yeah, because really mm-hmm. he makes his list and then I've already done that. I've already done that. He crosses mm-hmm. a few off. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but really the whole point of this is that at the end of this chapter, it's compared to Shizuka, who goes into her penthouse apartment, loads up her dock, and she has a dock called A Hundred Ways to Avoid Being a Zombie. And it's literally like minimize sugar intake, uh, have like m- mandated vitamin schedule and stuff. So her entire life is being incredibly risk averse. Yet mm. she chose to wear what she wore to the- <laughs> Literally, no skin protection from a thing transmitted through bites. She's putting a lot of faith in that unarmored defense AC she got. Yeah. <laughs> her her personality is weird, and they do tone it down later, so uh, I don't know what to make of it, honestly. <laughs> they tone it down through what I consider to be pretty good character development. I really like Shizuka overall. I'm not going to defend the manga for being horny. Well, yeah, that that happens a lot. Um, And that's the reason she's in the outfit that she's in, because it looks good. If you want it, if you want it to be way too generous, you could say that it's supposed to be a hint that she's not actually the subtype. No, it's because the monkey's being horny. Yeah, but I I think it's also because she's risk averse, but she's risk averse to the point of inaction is another problem with her. Yeah, yeah. If you're that risk averse and plan, because this girl, we're skimming ahead, but this is literally mentioned offhand later, has watched a hundred zombie movies in preparation for how to deal with this epidemic. Which clearly she's not been watching any of the good ones because she makes some rookie mistakes for comedy, I like. Yeah, because that's what I was going to get into. Like, particularly in the first, I'd say roughly the first volume, the first, you know, several chapters. Or actually, no, it's not. It, it's kind of throughout. <laughs> well, when we meet our second main character, like proper uh, is when they start toning it down. But like the first several chapters are like hardcore. It's just like it's like this is all in service to the punchline of his job was worse. Mm-hmm, yeah, like it's it's a it, it's a one note joke that it develops itself past. But like early on. Yeah, that doesn't make sense because, you know, you're you're not actually protecting yourself. You know, like her her mm-hmm. character is more of an actual character later on because it takes it it takes itself that little bit more seriously. It never takes itself entirely seriously. Well, we goodness. can talk about her character arc when it comes up actually. That's yeah. probably a better way to do it cuz um basically all she is right now is the hot girl who stole his bike after he's like, well, I've got a lot of things on my to-do list that are like finding a girlfriend related. Ooh. <laughs> Attractive still living girl. Yep. So he steals a motorcycle when he realizes um no one owns those uh cars at the park. You can just take them. <laughs> the government doesn't want you to know that the zombie government doesn't want you to know this. 
But yep, he gets himself a motorcycle, goes home, finds that, oh, it looks like my neighbors are dead. Extremely dead. That oh. is a shame. Yeah, they got blood split. They got the classic sign of zombie attack, uh, blood printed. Hand yeah. Bloody handprints. That's the way you phrase that. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Which, oh. you know, pour one out for them. They were, they were cool. Yep, pour one out for the neighbors. And, uh, so with that um, resolved, I suppose. Uh, I mean, uh, Agira it, takes it in stride. He's just like, well, that sucks. Like, <laughs> I, I feel bad about this, but there's literally nothing I can do. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do? Cry him back to life? And this is where we get the uh, eponymous ZOM 100, the zombie bucket list. Oh, because life is fleeting. So he's just like, it's going to happen eventually. I've accepted that inevitability. Yes. Here's a hundred things I want to do. Exactly. Mm -hmm. He's no longer dis disillusioned. He's like, this is going to happen. I would like to accomplish these things. And very ambitiously, he does put it at 100, or he puts the maximum of the list at 100, but uh, is unable to come up with more than like 25. <laughs> I mean, have you ever tried to make a list of 100 things? Yeah. True. It's very difficult. Around 30 is typically when you burn out. <laughs> yeah. Know? Uh, something, something Pokemon joke. <laughs> something, something episode 30 of our podcast. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's Aww. not inaccurate, but makes me sad. <laughs> but uh, one of the things on the list is to hang out and drink with his best buddy. So it's time that we introduced another character. Also, I do appreciate how this character being introduced is named as his best buddy when it's also revealed he had multiple friends he's not talked to. This is just the one who's talked to him. Yeah, he had, a, he had an entire rugby team. Like, I think he played in college, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah so it's like, dude, don't be modest. <laughs> well, he, no, he's he, ignored all of his friends. He's ignored all of his friends because of his uh, super grind job. Uh, and you know, gamely, he does try to contact as many of them as he can and doesn't receive any response, which has its own horrific implications. But he uh, does uh, think, you know what? Kensho is the one guy who would find a way to not get killed in this apocalyptic situation. I should hit up him. So uh, no, it's what? He decides to hit up his buddy Kensho, who was uh, his best friend back in college. So was he his best friend back in college? That's what I'm kind of getting on about that. I think he's his best friend now because everyone else has stopped talking to him. He He's sort of the Kensho is basically the everybody's best friend, best friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he's just a really likable guy. Mm -hmm. He's the extrovert that everyone kind of latches on to for he's, whatever reason. He's the man at the party willing to stick his dick in a jar. Yes, he is that guy. He's, Very he's, specifically. Yeah. He's the guy, he's the extrovert who has a job that gets a lot of money and makes a lot of friends. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I would never stick my dick in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do really like how uh, Akira's like, yeah, no, Kensho wouldn't get caught up in the zombie apocalypse. He's probably holed up in a hotel room with some woman. And yes, he is a whole. Technically, yes. Technically, yes. this is exactly true. But not in an entirely sexy way anymore. 
Yes, because <laughs> the thing that saved Kensho from death, it, uh, Kenichiro Ryusaki is his name, and the thing that saved him from death is the fact that he happened to rent the BDSM room in the Love Hotel and had the girl tied up when she went zombie. <laughs> I, I love the line reading of, thank my drunk ass I booked the BDSM room. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I had I had a I had a bit of a funny realization at this point because like there's the there's the shot of all the zombies in the hallway and here's a bunch of like naked and half naked zombies and it's like is the manga really like just drawing them naked uh, the violence of the attacks just ripping clothes off or something oh wait no this is in a love hotel wait a second they set this in a love hotel and they keep doing this sort of thing yep. Yes, I do. <laughs> it's one of those ones where it's like, this is a stupid, isn't it? No, wait, no, this is justified. Uh, no, the justification is still stupid. This is still a stupid. They just hang out in the red light districts of Tokyo. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not clear, this manga gets horny regularly. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, Thank the patriarchy. Because I... women manga, female manga never gets horny. Yep, I've never read a woman manga that gets horny. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> At first, the uh, phone lines weren't working because everyone was dialing 911, obviously. Uh, but eventually the, the phone lines start working again because, uh, well, you know, there, there aren't as many people to use them anymore. Uh, <laughs> so morbid. So great. He's able, uh, Akira's able to uh, uh, Kensho on, on the phone and like, hey, uh, stuff is happening. Where are you? <laughs> I'm in uh, uh, I'm in Shinjuku, but I don't know how long I'll last. I'll be there in an hour. <laughs> what do you mean? I need uh, my friend with me. I will come to you. No, I'm literally going to die. Don't go come get yourself killed for my sake. Nope, I'm coming anyway. What? Best, best friends. Also crippling loneliness. But also <laughs> best friends. That's, that's more so what's going on here. <laughs> uh, uh, he doesn't have another option is Akira's <laughs> problem right now. He, he's able to find uh, Kensho. He uh, apologizes for their last interaction where uh, they uh, ended up uh, arguing. Well, they, they argued because yeah. Akira was seeing his friend successful and just yeah. hated the fact that he had a miserable life and this guy was doing so well. So typical jealousy, not understanding that Kensho is just like, yeah, I might have made all that money and like traveled, but I hated every bit of it. I was miserable. Well, let's, like, let's, let's talk about this because that happens when they're escaping some zombies they do the jump across the ledge thing and he's too much of a coward to do it and he yells back and so it's made of death flags for this entire scene he true and yeah. he yells back i always hated that job all those beautiful women all that money i made i hated every last second of it i'm like kento shut up man <laughs> like, <laughs> sounds like you're really just trying to buy on to akira's misery like Think he so. says, I, think he's, I think he's saying something deeper of like, it's the same thing when you talk to somebody who's always had everything fall on their lap and they're just like, I had, no, I'm serious. Like they, I've had literally everything that materially that everyone strives for. And I was so unhappy. You yeah, have no, no idea. I, I get that misery is relative, but the problem is we get to interact with Kensho after this spoiler alert. He doesn't die. Um, he did enjoy the life he was living. Yes, so. and he very much longs for hooking up with random ass He'll, women all the time. He does seem to miss the life he was living, so it's not like... Yeah. 
I think what he missed was the pressure because he was in real estate. So there's like the pressure of sales no, and everything. That's, that's the thing. He didn't, he didn't feel under pressure. He didn't like the fact he was scamming people with like. He has a moral campus, but he does like loose women. But that, that's the whole thing with Kencho. I don't believe his confession here because yeah. it doesn't seem like he genuinely didn't like the life he was living. It felt like he was just making Akira feel better. And anyway, this is all just fake motivation for you think he's going to get mauled by zombies when um, he just then jumps over the ledge. And midway through, because he was worried he wasn't going to make yeah. it, he had time to take off all of his clothes. I mean, this is going to be his defining character trait for the rest of the manga. He drops Chow at a moment's notice. Just try to find that man in clothes. I dare you. Very few times. <laughs> oh, I have to get naked? Boom. <laughs> no, Kencho, nobody said you should get naked. Too late, I already did it. <laughs> Kira, I'm just going to let you know this. I want to be a stand-up comedian. Put that on your list. Make your own list. Nope, going on yours. <laughs> But I want you to know that getting naked isn't my only bit. It will proceed to be his only bit throughout the entire manga. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm really hoping this is a translation thing and they chose stand-up comedian when what he actually wants to be is like a clown or something. Because mm -hmm. none of what he does is stand-up comedy. <laughs> no, it's just, hey, I'm naked again. And you go know, after so many times, you start to be like, oh, great. He's naked again. Well, he, he does. He, he does like slapstick bits is what he actually does. But, but it that's, stops being funny when not, every time you look over it, he's just it's, naked again. It's, it's like, okay. A, it's a weird choice for the translation to be stand-up comedian, because that's clearly not his goal. There's no jokes. There's just, hey, he's naked again. Ooh, yay. Hey, zombies, you want to bite of this juicy ass? Oh, well, <laughs> we'll get to the point that works not twice, but thrice. Um. <laughs> <laughs> look, he's very proud of his ass, and he should be. This man's goal should have been, I want to be a stripper. I'm just going to say it. Right yeah, here. <laughs> I would accept it more. It's like, I wanted, I just want to be a stripper. Okay. This, this man just wants to be a male stripper because he wants to hang around with escorts. He wants to party the nightlife and yes. he wants his hobby is working out. Like, yeah, he's literally got all of them being hot and naked. It's just like, okay, bro. And he's not just physically attractive. He also has the discipline. He likes working out those two are not necessarily like guaranteed. He is the ideal stripper. So anyway. But seriously, if you were friends with this man, after like the fifth time, you'd probably be sick and tired of him just always randomly being naked. Dude, I've seen your dong for like four <laughs> times this week. Just stop. It's not funny anymore. Akira yeah. thinks it's hilarious, so we got... <laughs> Akira has very low standards when it comes to most things. Yes, he does. To be fair, the world is ending, and Kensho was the person who picked up, so... <laughs> Yeah, that is just saying true. either be a nudist or be nothing. Just stop. I, I gotta say, I appreciate the bro time they have where they set up the rooftop of the yeah. apartment building they're camping out on to be like a cool outdoor camping video game lounge. They got like the grill going, just hanging out with your bros. Yep. It, that sounds great. <laughs> uh, honestly, if the world wasn't ending, I would love to do that. If the world was ending, I would love to do that. Yeah. I would love to have the resources, capacity, and location to do that if the world was ending. But anyway, it's time for the flight attendant arc, because uh, as they have set up their little uh, rooftop camping paradise, uh, Akira realizes that it's like, wait a minute, one of the things on my list is just to play video games all the time, but that requires a big screen TV. Indeed it does, so we need to go to the big the, the TV store. 
I can can't we, appropriately frag noobs without 4K resolution. Can we, can we shout out Kencho here? This man does not play video games, but it's just like, yeah, I'll hang out with my bud who likes him. But uh, so that it's like, OK, so we got to go to the mall. We have to uh, find a big screen TV. All right. We've done a pretty good job of getting here. This is beginning to look like a uh, like a sequence out of I Am Legend and oh, crap, zombies. OK, we've uh, escaped into this place. And hey, other survivors, three hot girls and one conspicuously random dude. This this dude literally gets forgotten about and it's insane. Yeah. Well, it's because uh, <clears throat> one of the things on Akira's list of uh, suspicious specificity is wine and dine a flight attendant. Look, if hey, it's his bucket list. He gets to be as specific as he wants. This is true. You know what? <laughs> I, I take back saying that it's suspicious. He, go for it, my man. <laughs> Reach for the stars. Also, flight attendants, really interesting people. They do a lot of traveling, meet a lot of cool people. They got cool stories. Yeah. And uh, we have my one of my favorite little sequences, which is they're sitting around. Uh, they're in a another convenience store, suspiciously loaded up with booze. And how about that? Yeah, it's Japan. Mm. <laughs> like. True. They're they're talking with the people they're trapped with, and it's like, wait, they're flight attendants. Kensho, Akira, yeah, we're doing one of the things on the list. Awesome. And Kensho immediately starts uh, schmoozing. Uh, well, yeah, Kensho goes into boy mode and immediately abandons mm -hmm. his friend. <laughs> Akira's just like, crap, I need to do something. I need to find a way to stand out I, I i've been like beaten down so hard over the last three years i've forgotten entirely how to socialize uh 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 who wants to see me snort this tequila <laughs> please drink responsibly and in moderation so they say snort this tequila did they mean he snorts the tequila <laughs> i don't know they can't no. possibly mean that <laughs> i don't know i feel like they make other hard drug references but it, no it's tequila he, no, he literally went back to college days. Yeah, he's just like, watch how much I can drink. Mm. And they're just like, uh, okay, we all know I, how this ends. I love how the head flight attendant is just like, you know, in a normal party with boys and girls, this would never work. That'd be incredibly gross. But I like you. But yeah, uh, they all get incredibly smashed, uh, particularly Akira. Not like either of them have to go back to work the next day. What the heck? It's true. And at... Uh, as he is vomiting in the bathroom, uh, one of the flight attendants comes to uh, see if he's okay. And not going to lie, I thought he was going to get zombie attacked for a second there. Framed like that. Mm -hmm. and, but uh, all good things cannot last because uh, we have the classic of one of the people in this scene uh, is hiding the fact that they're bitten and it's the random old dude who we stopped paying attention to as soon as there were hot girls in the scene and yeah that immediately hit me of like wait why are we uncovered the guy who was with him oh right mm -hmm. uh, the end of chapter page of him revealing the bite wound on his leg it's still bleeding it's been hours my g how did nobody notice the spread? Like, your sock and shoe can only saturate so much. How did nobody notice the spreading pool of blood around his foot? Uh, because uh, people noticing basically in zombie fiction immediately uh, kills the tension of zombie fiction. So sure. they just don't. Ah, right, right. <laughs> have I mentioned I don't like zombie fiction? Yes, you have.
Because if you think too hard, you think too hard, it all comes apart. <laughs> and I'm the overanalytical one, so here we are. Akira is like, oh, is this my second chance with this flight attendant girl? And she's like, yeah, I lost contact with my boyfriend when the uh, when the apocalypse started. And he's like, oh, no, she's taken. Ah, <laughs> But all the same, her very sweet demeanor is uh, giving him resolve in his extreme... <laughs> Uh, hungoverness the one of the attendants who was with bitten dude um is loudly about work and sleazy pervy old men so when his zombified movements cause his his head to fall between her legs like he's trying to do something do something that i don't i don't want to edit around well you see sam sometimes men participate in oral sex it's not just something done I... to them I know that, do Matt. Yes. Sound like you do. Anyway, we anyway we cut to Kensho getting a blowjob. Somehow that is less PG restricted. Yeah, let's <laughs> take it back down. Yeah. So Kensho is receiving a blowjob. Yes. To be to be fair, I I'm not sure if it's just a blowjob because that girl's like ready for round two. Yes. Hey. I, I, I think I think she was just blowing him in between because of the positioning, but we're not going to discuss the logistics. Kensho has confirmed to have had sex multiple times. Yes. Yes. We've informed all of the men that, yes, Kensho did get laid. This is important for his character because yes. it's going to bring up a problem I have with the last arc. <laughs> but we'll get there when we get there. Meanwhile, uh, Akira is having a heart to heart with the... Uh, other flight attendant girl and you know having a drunk heart to heart just sitting on some stairs i vibe with that you find yeah. out she has a boyfriend in a different town she's talking about a particularly <laughs> experience she had with a uh with a passenger on an airplane recently and it's like you know i was really enamored with the idea of being a flight attendant but then i actually got into the business and uh, it's just so much more difficult than I ever thought when I was on the outside, and I feel like I made a stupid mistake pretending it would be so glamorous, and Akira's like, huh, that is basically exactly what I experienced. And uh, then one of the worst I'm things in my life happened to me when an old guy called me basically just a sky waitress, and Akira mustered all the empathy he had in his body to go, yeah, that sounds really tough. That's rough, buddy. I was not prepared for her story to be and then I got called the Sky Waitress. Like, okay. Oh, all pain is relative, but... <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it doesn't necessarily account for the rigor that flight attendants from East Asia go through. It's, it's definitely more hardcore than just being a waitress. I think the implication is supposed to be that, like, it's a hard job. She was already on the end of her rope, and that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. But it's like to bring yeah, in it, like the cultural aspect of like from a Western perspective, you're like, oh, they're just nothing but sky waitresses. But it's, especially in like it, East Asia, that is like pretty breakneck it, careers. It is a very nuanced story compared to Akira's life of I am literally a cliche. <laughs> yeah. I am literally hyperbole. Mm hmm. Well, yeah, because I mean, the big the big thing, the reason why it hurts so bad, it's 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 devaluing the effort that she put into working again, way more nuanced than the cartoonish nonsense. That's yeah, I mean, like the, the thing that uh, Zombie 100 does that's pretty darn good is that it sort of like laces these more earnest moments into the background and doesn't linger on them. So it doesn't have to take them 
too seriously because like it it stays funny all the way through like it never it never becomes like a it never becomes a zombie drop yeah you you'd be surprised with all these death flags that keep popping up how they manage to not have a drama out of anything that happens (laughs) (laughs) but like they they still like there's still a heart to the series because it it quietly weaves in those sorts of moments uh you know in an unintrusive way oh but yeah, they have their little heart to heart, but that is interrupted. As we alluded to earlier, the uh, oral sex scene happened, but it was real zombie. And that girl screams, which prompts Kensho and the other fled tenton to go check on her, which prompts my favorite scene with Kensho. In it. Yeah, because my boy comes walking down the stairs, goes, hey, girl, we heard you scream. Me and your friend were just up there banging. What's going up? Oh, looks like you're a zombie. That's weird. Dives past him, eats the other girl's throat. Well, oh. I guess time for me to be heading out now. <laughs> <laughs> he grabs a uh, a nearby object and batters her with it to prevent her from getting him. And he's like, it's a suitcase. <laughs> I just had a flight attendant with a carry on. I'm really sorry, but I got to go now. Well, time to leave. You're both dead. Time to hit the old country trail. <laughs> just, I just love it because the fact he hit a flight attendant, he seems to care about so much more mm-hmm. than these people I've been talking to are now dead. <laughs> He's worried about the social conventions of hitting a flight attendant. <laughs> Which is, um, the main characters are not good people. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Akira and uh, the other girl are having their heart to heart. And it's like, so who was, uh, was it your dream to become a flight attendant? Uh, and just before she can have, you know, the big emotional reveal, zombie attack. Yeah, because apparently these zombies just <laughs> jump out and tackle flight attendants first. Mm-hmm. We should really weaponize this information. <laughs> yeah, just but- keep a few flight attendants in your party and you'll be fine. But uh, Akira knocks uh, the zombie guy away and uh, but she's already been bitten. So she's like, just go on, leave me. But uh, I do to answer your question before I die. It was my dream to become a flight attendant. And despite the hardships, I did really love my job. So thank you for that final party. Now go. And it seems to really touch him. Because Mans is sobbing his whole way as he's running to find uh, Kensho and escape. And Kensho, bro of the century, found a TV. While running for his life, has a giant flat screen TV, like, balanced on his back. Looks like it's breaking his neck. Yeah. Oh, and they, they escape and go back to the rooftop with literally no problem and start marathoning video games. Mm-hmm. And... Akira's only hesitation is, huh, yeah, I wonder what my dream when I was a child was. I literally can't remember. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's pretty good. So I'm not 100% sure. I took it as a comedy beat, but the longer the manga went on, the less I thought this was being done, like, as a joke. The fact that so many people have these, like, melodramatic flashbacks right before they die is... That's supposed to be taken seriously because they're it happens a lot and they get more and more melodramatic. I think that that's a symptom of uh, it started off as it started off as the same joke told in different ways. And then 
turned into a more linear, normal story. So that's why it gets less funny and more melodramatic because they're attempting to make them less caricatures because they're, I mean, not for nothing, they're trying to extend the story is what they're doing. Also, and having more real characters helps that. Yeah, and the, the one reason I mostly think it's, I think all of them are supposed to be a joke in some sense is because the mangaka really does seem to want this manga to be a B-movie. Yeah. Based on like the interviews, yeah. it's just like, hey, you know this crazy shit that's happening? That's on purpose because have you ever watched like not like a B zombie movie? They just do crazy shit. Like, and it's melodrama shoved in to make you feel bad about a death right before the death happened. So I, I don't think the manga takes itself seriously. So it's like, yeah, that's on purpose. Yeah. We'll get we'll get to some of the other characters who have just insane backstories. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get to Team Dark. <laughs> They're the worst of it, but yeah, we'll uh, get we'll, we'll get to them. Uh, so anyway, nothing bad happens at the aquarium. <laughs> nothing bad happens at the aquarium. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> this keeps happening. Also, surprisingly, Don't... I think this manga has the worst thing happen at the aquarium. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay, can this podcast not ruin aquariums for me? I really like aquariums. Maybe bad things should stop happening at them. <laughs> Kira remembers that his childhood, part of his childhood dream was to be a superhero, or at least when he was a very young boy, he wanted to be a Sentai Ranger. Everyone, Fair. yes. Red is the you best. Aki Ranger! Sam, don't embarrass yourself. Jay, that's all I do on this podcast. <laughs> don't kill the part of you that is cringe, kill the part that cringes. No. <laughs> but with the uh, with the resolution to become a superhero, he's like, all right, I know what to do to avoid getting bitten by zombies. I'm going to get a shark suit. Let's go to the aquarium. And so, um, that so just, does he make that clear before they go to the aquarium? <laughs> no, they're not. They're not super clear on why they're going to the aquarium. OK, good. They just go to the aquarium and I was confused. <laughs> but uh, he gets his shark suit and we see uh, the Chekhov's gun of the zombie shark. <laughs> Ah, one of my least favorite things in uh, zombie stories. Apparently it infects animals, too. This raises so many questions. So, no, oh, yes. the fact that it infects animals as well, and this gets confirmed to be much worse later on, like... Oh, it takes a zombie mosquitoes. Everyone is going to die. Like, there is no surviving this, like... When it goes to start infecting animals, yeah. It's affecting animals, which means... There is no coming back from this. You can't contain that kind of population. Like, done. Mm -hmm. This is done. Which, to be fair, seems to be Zom 100's motivation up until the very end of our reading. Is that, like, this is a world-end scenario. Just enjoy it. Enjoy it before your time comes. It's the end of the world as, as we know it, and I feel fine. But yeah, so this shark in the tank, we see them walk by, and it's clearly zombified, and has eaten a diver. and. Mm. Eaten multiple divers, actually. Well, we don't find out it's eaten multiple divers until the end, but we see one diver in the tank with it, which means either the shark was already eating divers or the divers in diving suits walked into the shark tank and got eaten or the zombie shark somehow convinced divers to come in to eat it. I choose the latter. Yes. Okay. This makes sense. Sure, why not? I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Looking closely at the panel, you actually can see at least two torsos. Okay. Well, I, I, I just noticed that. It's eaten two people, so... This will not make what happens later make any more sense. 
Also, the the advertising for this shark is it's the first one bred in captivity. Yes. So theoretically, it should be very like comfortable around humanity, right? I so I I thought you couldn't keep sharks in captivity, and now that I've said that out loud, I'm almost certain I've said this exact statement on the podcast before. Can keep most sharks in captivity, up to and including whale sharks. You cannot keep white sharks in captivity, and that's what they claim this thing is. That's also weirder than the zombies. That's what this one looks like, too. Like yeah, it looks like a great white, which is dumb, because great whites are one of the few animals on the planet that actually uh, values the concept of freedom. They will bash their heads against the tank until either the tank breaks or they do. Well, this one was bred in captivity, Jacob, so it doesn't yeah. know what freedom is. Yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> Uh, Akira gets his shark suit and uh, goes to save a bus full of red shirts. I mean, civilians. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's I I somehow conflated the two times they go to the aquarium. He literally leaves, rescues some people and comes straight back in. Yes, uh, because he happens to run into the bus full of red shirts. I mean, civilians. Also, Shizuka, who even in character needs to explain that getting on the bus was a stupid idea. She's Which, like, yeah, I don't know why I let my guards slip like that. Because plot, but I'm not mm. going to say that. I just really like how Aki's like, your teeth are no match for me. I am immune to your bite. Oh, God, it stops skin breakage, but it doesn't stop crush force. Ah! So he just gets numb, like numbed by zombies until he gets he gets chomped on, which doesn't break his skin. So it doesn't infect him. But, you know. The human jaw has a very strong bite force. <laughs> it hurts. Friends, everyone just watches him from inside the aquarium until the zombies get bored and walk like, away. Look at this idiot. <laughs> yes. That's what that's one of the things that I noticed about these zombies. They have the tendency to get bored and walk away. <laughs> Which makes them not a threat, but whatever. It's He does eat a few into the river, but yeah, they, they do just wander off. There are multiple cases where they're like banging on a door and then just decide to leave because we need a way to get out of this locked room. And then we have uh, Shizuka not understanding the basic concept of humans being social animals. <laughs> That's fair. I don't either. Nope. It kind of it gets explained with her backstory, but I don't like her backstory, so I don't like the explanation. <laughs> like... Why would you bother saving people? That's just the sophomore dreams of people who work soul-crushing office jobs who want to be pretend they're important. And Akira's like, I worked a soul-crushing 9-to-5 and want to pretend I'm important. Well, you see, risk-averse person, uh, the less people get turned into zombies, the less zombies want to kill you. Like, it's... <laughs> that's why you stop people from getting killed, like, because that makes more enemies. But, eh, character arc... Yeah. What is? Hey, look! A, shark, a zombie shark with legs. <laughs> so the the tank breaks for some reason. Probably because there's so many people, the shark finally pays attention. I guess mm -hmm. giving this the most benefit of the doubt, which it's fine. It's it's B movie schlock. The thing happens when it happens. This is comedically stupid, and like it. Yeah, like, here's the thing. I'm going to complain mightily about this stupid shark nonsense, but, like, it's supposed to be dumb fun. Like, I I genuinely love the idea. I have a problem with zombie animals, but I love the idea of zombie shark cannot swim, but conveniently has eaten so many zombies that they work as some kind of symbiotic organism. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I'd throw that in as a monster for my D&D group. That's just funny. Shark zombie. Mm-hmm. Oh.
What I don't like is how they distract the shark zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the zombies like ham, and boy, howdy, do Kensho got hams. So Kensho, uh, Shizuka, and Akira are being attacked by the shark zombie. They're about to die. Kensho shoves his bare ass out of a vent and goes like, hey, zombie shark, you want a bite of this ass? And the zombie shark apparently speaks English, can coordinate with its entire legs, and also desires other flesh over certain flesh, which... <laughs> just, well, look, um, the, zo- the zombie shark impl- was defeated with the power of, of flashed man ass and batteries. I don't it- know... I don't know what to tell you, Matt. It implies so much that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and then, okay, I, I, I have a bit of a gripe with this scene, too, because um, <laughs> as, as it turns scene. out, it's a completely different one because like there's a whole bit about, you know, it's like heroism for its own sake, you know, even in a terrible situation is its own value is sort of what it's getting at. And, uh, you know, like. Akira has this moment of, oh, no, Shizuka got locked out of the of the safe room and still with the with the shark. There's this cheesy, impassioned speech about the value, the inherent value of heroism. So do you have a plan? No. Well, I guess we're both going to die. And that's when we get the, you know, these hams moment. The the booty shaking to save the day. I love my alternate version of this scene where Kencho shoves his ass out of a vent only for the shark to not pay attention and eat the two friends. Like, <laughs> that would well, be I, extremely like, funny. It, well, it, it would be funny. It'd be the end of the manga, though. Now, Kencho's the main character now. He just realizes shoving your ass in zombie's face doesn't help. <laughs> That's what we call character development. Uh, you mean ass out doesn't attract attention? What? I'm going to be honest, given one of the bonus chapters we get, I think there is a definition of these zombies that they will go after, like, the easiest meal. And they see people, like, wearing clothes as a layer of protection, whereas, like, bare flesh is more enticing to them. So I'm willing to justify it on that, but that gets explained so much later. Like, Yeah. It's in service of a joke that isn't not funny, but it does kind of irk me that it's like, he has this whole setup, and, like, him needing to be get saved by Kensho is one like I don't mind that that works. It's I don't like that he instantly gives up as soon as she's like, "Do you have a plan?" No. Okay, well, never mind all the stuff I just said. I mean, to be fair, Akira is literally being a hero for his own benefit. Like it's to cross off childhood dream from his list. Yes, it's for a selfish reason. Because he does give up on this dream once he's crossed it off the list. So I think that's kind of like he learns being a superhero in zombie times actually is kind of dumb because like Mm -hmm. it's not a singular threat you're fighting. It is a horde of threats that are omnipresent. Well, yeah, no. And and that's all fine. I just would have liked for him to have done anything (laughs) at all. I would have liked I would have liked the shark to bite him. Jake, are you telling me you don't like Crackle Thunder Punch? No, that was dumb. (laughs) I don't care how much fake science you shove at me that regular sharks don't like being shocked in the head. So (laughs) zombie sharks might not like being shocked in the head. So take these batteries and punch the shark. Dumb. It's so dumb. It is is incredibly dumb, though I will say the art is quite good. So here's the thing. 
it's it's B movie nonsense. So I can't judge it because that's what this tries to be. Like that, it's the genre. So yeah, that's the that's the whole that's the joke. Yeah, and it begins uh, Shizuka's uh, transformation from cold-hearted Kudere to uh, Sundere as they are leaving the aquarium, and Akira is just like. Hey, so, uh, you know, uh, heroes try to save things that are precious to them, and you've become kind of precious to me, so I would try to save you if I, even if I were to try to be a hero. And she blushes profusely, and it's kind of cute. Oh, I spent, I, I spent way too long trying to figure out if that was a real QR code. It was not. I, yeah, I yeah he, kind of burst, he just kind of boasted into the room, and he's just like, hold on, I need your phone. <laughs> Jay, that, that's telling the audience a bit too much. I need but, your phone. But yes, they uh, they share contact information, which phones phones have lasted a surprisingly long time. But do they? Because she still is kind of like, I don't want to give you my line ID. I really she, don't want well, to. Well, no, she does, though. She's like, I'm never going to see you again. So it's like, but while blushing, so she's clearly lying. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. She be she begins her transformation into a tsundere. I I'm not going to say anything, but like, cold aloof rich tomboy you know good character really good really character. no flaws good character good <laughs> character both seemingly decide living in the city sucks now which mm. the power goes out oh yeah the power goes out that's right yeah which it lasted really long <laughs> the implication is that there were people at the stations that must have finally succumbed also, to but, be fair, I think they're in canon between this chapter and the one we're getting on right now. I think there's a time skip we're not being shown because a lot of the bonus chapters take place right now. Yeah. So I guess I guess we can talk about them now. There's one where um, I can't remember them. They're not that interesting, they're, to be fair. They're, they, uh, they go to a burlesque club. They, oh, the burlesque uh, club is so weird. <laughs> Oh, no, the burlesque club is so funny because it's just like, yeah, there's these sexy ladies. Oh, they're all zombies. Oh, but the zombies remember how to be sexy ladies. And then they party. And then the end is just the business card of the burlesque show. And the mangaka thanks them for being references. And I'm like, buddy, buddy, did you include this so your trip to a burlesque show could be tax deductible? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I love it so much. That Base. business card at the end of the chapter made me love that entire chapter. <laughs> he, had, he had to do some ground research. Yep, I, it's for my book. Yes. I, thank you, ladies at the burlesque show. I needed this for my four-page chapter I wrote. Another one was using a dating app. Oh, the dating app is when I fully agreed these guys are terrible human beings. Because, yeah. <laughs> like... Also, there's some like backpedaling on. I think Zencho's whole thing is that he's somehow shy on a dating app when that's not his personality at all. It's weird. He has a thing where you just get super, super anxious when you're dealing with any type of interface that isn't like direct vocal contact, like behind a screen. Some people oh. have anxiety when they are typing messages to people. <laughs> the, the dating app is weird because he talks to a bunch of people. And some of them seem to die in the middle of their conversation. And he's like, well, got to go with another one. Look, man, dating, dating apps are hard. <laughs> they are. I do like that the girl they finally pick to go on the date with <laughs> text him right before going like, man, my, I might have to cancel the date. My arm is killing me. My ex bit me. And they're like, what? And then she's a zombie and they're like, damn it. <laughs> to paraphrase Akira, 
I would rather be bitten by zombies than deal with dating apps. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but one of the uh, interstitial chapters that I actually really liked is uh, we, uh, we learned the fate of the downstairs neighbors. So I love this, but this chapter is placed at the end of our reading for some reason. I don't think it belongs there, but like it's at the end of volume six. So I actually missed this one. I, I guess Viz didn't decide to show it to me, but it, it's in the volume. So ah, that might explain it. Uh, so the, the couple who we thought died in their apartment, mm -hmm. we cut to them on a bridge going like, oh, hey, that kid was really cool. I can't believe we escaped that zombie thing. Hey, you know how we promised that we'd have our kids and then make sure they have a good life and then we'd spend our retirement traveling? Well, we don't have kids and we're not at retirement age, but do you want to start traveling? Yeah, let's fight our way to the airport. And I'm like, they're having a good life. I like them. <laughs> romantic. You know what? Good for them. Yeah, and immediately my over-analytical brain went into, okay, you're a pilot. What about routine plane maintenance, you know? Um, who's going to refuel your plane? Jay. 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 This manga literally does not give a shit about maintenance, and you should know that. <laughs> I'm just We're like, about to get to the RV arc. <sighs> well, let's get into the arc. So they go to the RV show, which has no zombies in it because no zombies ever appear before the main characters show up. I really like the implication and the running gag that this uh, chapter starts, which is Kensho and Akira being such squee-happy fanboys uh, shout excitedly, and that makes the horde show up. So I believe yeah. that. I don't like the implication that literally no other human beings in the entirety of Tokyo thought, hey, I should steal an RV because this yeah. RV show is untouched. Immaculate. Yeah. Well, that also, going back to the noise thing, there are so many times in this manga that was like immediately afterwards where I'm just like, okay, we're screaming and there are no zombies yet again. And then, oh, oh we're screaming at this other place and now there are zombies. I'm just so, like the consistency here. Characters have said zombies are attracted by noise. That is in canon a fact. The manga itself does not seem to give a shit. Yes, they just it's, because happen to be summoned. They they have exaggerated reactions and they will intermittently be used to justify ending a scene and creating a, a set piece, either for comedy or because the scene's done and we need to move on now. Yeah. Them talking attracts zombies, but the motorcycle they rode here on doesn't. Exactly. Doesn't, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We also have we also have my other favorite bit of Akira suggests literally anything. Kensho, I'm one over. <laughs> Kensho's just along for the ride. Like he, he's just along for the ride, and I love him. He's, he's ultimate bro. Look, sometimes you just need that friend who's willing to just support everyone else's ideas. <laughs> Again, kind of like you, Matt. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm on board for it. <laughs> so basically, they end up at the RV show. And surprisingly, that is also exactly when Shizuka ended up at the RV show, which mm -hmm. makes sense in the way the manga is presented because she's done with trying to leave by boat. So she's like, I have to leave by car. However, the manga then says multiple things happen in between this chapter and this chapter. So it's like, I guess she just waited around until... Until it, was uh, until it was plot relevant to leave. Because mm. risk averse girl should have left Tokyo as soon as possible if she's been watching her zombie movies, but whatever. Which she's watched hundreds, you know, just for the knowledge. First of all, she's going to steal her own because she doesn't do groups. And then 
Akira in brilliance goes, oh, but you don't have a license. And I'm like, a license doesn't actually. Who? Who are you going to? Who are you going to hit? There's no one else on the road. It's, it's I, like, I think the implication he's going for is that you didn't take your driver's test. You don't know how to drive. Considering the things we've seen Shizuka do, I'm sure she knows how to drive. But yes, I would not put it. I would not put it past her rich, stuck-up father to see driving and say we have people for that. Yes, they had drivers. Quite honestly, Shizuka, we have chauffeurs. We use the French in this house. <laughs> we, we, you do not need to become a doctor. We have personal churchions. Oh, we'll get to her backstory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the I, I mean, honestly, the reason she can't drive is because it's it's justifying her gluing to the party. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. so she's a goes to this RV show, and her choice is the most sensible, which is essentially an SUV. And I'm like, you're right, but also not like. <laughs> Because their goal is to have like a mobile place you can live in. You're not having three human beings live in an SUV. <laughs> the boys want the one that has the like a million dollar price tag or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like hundreds of thousands of dollars for this RV. Yeah, it's got a jacuzzi. When did you get naked again, Gensho? It, the effect wears off. Man, Akira is just like, Shizuka, do you see this? This is the funniest thing <laughs> in the world. My friend is naked. Shizuka's just like, Akira. Your friend is just very attractive. Why is him being naked funny? Yeah. Oh no. Because this... he's a man and man can't be attractive. Akira, I, w I want you to think about this, buddy. <laughs> That's not how this works. You understand. People can be attracted to men, Akira. What? <laughs> no, men being naked is just a joke. It's not gay. Akira, I. You got something you're repressed, buddy? You, you want to talk about it? I'm trained as a psychologist. I don't want to think about this. Yes, yes, Kira. Yes, Akira is painfully straight. Okay. <laughs> uh, my favorite part is uh, Shizuka seeing one of the RVs and being like, oh, no, it's a dark. It's a dark mode aesthetic lounge. It's perfect. I want it. <laughs> yeah, I immediately. Yeah, I'm just like same girl fully into the uh, into the soon soon mode. How dare you? I did not mean to be attacked. Was I the only one who looked at the RV Shizuka wanted? I'm like, that's a terrible design for an RV. That's just a loose armoire. Like, <laughs> okay, literally the, the 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 premise was the prompt was if you could have anything and it could be impractical. It's not about impractical. It's about like if you break too fast, that armchair is flying into a wall yes. unless it's screwed into the bed of the car. Like yes, well we don't know. It might have been screwed screwed into the bed of the car. We don't know. That's still dumb. I want you to acknowledge that. <laughs> it is, but it's aesthetically pleasing in this showroom. <laughs> anyway, zombies attack, so they have to pick the one that looks like the one from Breaking Bad. Yes, of course. It was an emergency. In the end, they went with a compromise. Yes, compromise is most done under like duress. Yes, I love the arrow of this because it's them like jumping out of the RV show with like a, they've crashed through a wall and the arrow is on someone. And I I thought that that's clearly the body of a zombie. But on my initial read, I'm like, wait, did they did they hit Shizuka? And she's being <laughs> taken like she's being dragged into the car as compromise. But no, it was just nah. funny. <laughs>
And this is set up for our next little mini arc as uh, they are driving along the road. Uh, get your motor running, head out on the highway. No one is on the highway, which is insane because that means the infection happened instantly. <laughs> like, but it clearly didn't because we watched it happen. But whatever. Welcome to zombie fiction. The zombies spawn in where they need to be. Matt, Jacob, stop asking questions. No, that's literally the point of the podcast. <laughs> uh, you're right, but shut up. <laughs> it's, we literally overanalyze things. It's the first part of our name. <laughs> True. What I want to know is how did this middle management looking fat ass never worked a day in his life piece of survived this long to become a raider boss? Middle manager. Middle management. Damn it, you're right. Because what happens is they're driving along, there's a glint in the road, no one notices in time, their spike strips, the RV goes careening, and it's uh, Akira's old boss has run a raider covenant of people dressed in baseball uniforms. Well, don't forget gonna... that Kentro gets riggedy wrecked because he's only on a bike. He's on a bike in his typical Kensho outfit, which is to say an open blazer and jeans. No biker leathers. He's just no helmet. Yeah, no, no biker leathers, no helmet. He left like 10 square yards of, of skin back on that highway. So he breaks some ribs is what his injury is, right? Or does he break his collarbone? He breaks some ribs. He breaks he, a bunch of things. He, he's very he, torn he, up. Yes. I, I think the manga tells you he breaks some ribs, but the cast he's wearing clearly indicates he must have broke something higher up, but yeah. whatever. Regardless, he... I love the framing of this because this is immediately after Shizuka goes, I've watched a lot of zombie fiction. I have prepared immensely for exactly what you need to do in a survival situation. And this girl is completely immune to the idea that in a zombie survival situation, surviving humans are literally your biggest threat. <laughs> Mm -hmm. which is the point of nearly every piece of zombie fiction that has ever been like she watched a hundred movies and apparently is immune from the idea that people who survived and formed colonies are your enemy <laughs> like because they end up in this truck stop that is run by akira's old boss and is not explicitly a slave commune but kind of a slave commune it's basically a slave commune Everyone's here by choice, but everyone's here by choice. Everyone's here by choice. Because the alternative is being a zombie. Yeah. Well, no, the alternative is not having a community. Because that's the thing. It's not explicit. It's literally he's brainwashing them with you can't survive on the outside. Because the entire thing is a whole. Akira, when he was working in the company, his entire thing was like, well, yeah, it's bad here, but it's probably worse someplace else. Any place I go will be exactly the same. I so might as well stay of, with what's coming. So the spell of middle management of I need to exude control. Well, one of the things that we didn't mention uh, early on was that uh, as early as chapter two, Akira was still having night terrors about this man. Waking up screaming he's sorry from nightmares of this guy screaming at him. Yeah, this this boss we're talking about is the one I mentioned earlier, who was the guy who flips on a switch, whether or not he's like, hey, you don't have to come to me about every little thing. And how dare you do something without my approval? Otherwise known as literally the worst boss you can ever have. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. 
Yeah, Chief Kasugi. He's not the fat CEO that was banging the cute girl from accounting, but he's as bad. He's he's worse. He's much worse. He was uh, Akira's uh, immediate boss and was a big part of the reason why the uh, company was so miserable. Because mm-hmm. honestly, the worst thing the fat CEO did was have a relationship with a subordinate, which we saw nothing to indicate there was anything wrong going on there. It was literally he didn't care about the company and was letting this middle manager just run it into like a sweatshop. Yes. So just in case you didn't hate him enough, we open up with him leering on Shizuka, saying women are only good for two things. And the two things he mentioned are the same thing. Uh-huh. He sees her down a big draft of beer and he's like, you swallow like a champ, pretty lady. What else do you swallow? Direct quote from the manga. <laughs> I'm like, jeez, I'm Lord mercy, man. You need to know this guy's a villain. Yeah. This is intercut with Shizuka's backstory where um, her dad is the most comical example. I I hate this backstory so much. <laughs> it is so melodramatic. It's ridiculous. And they spend it, so long on it. It is extremely contrived. I will give you that. Uh, he's basically Kaguya-sama's dad, except not played for laughs. Oh, so he's uh, Gozaburo Kaiba. I, he looks like Gozaburo Kaiba. <laughs> To the point where he's like being a high powered CEO is literally the only thing worthy of consideration in this flesh coil of existence. This man's backstory is he went to America with nothing. And then because the Lehman Brothers controversy happened, he was the only businessman to come out on top and came back to Japan as the king of investment bankers. Yeah, so he's Gozaburo Kaiba. <laughs> well, Gozaburo Kaiba was a weapons manufacturer, so. <laughs> True. It's okay. Neither of them did real things. They just made money printing factories. But uh, little Shizuka finds a small puppy that uh, is sick and uh, has small puppy dying to death disease. And she nurses it back to health because she's very studious and reads all of the books. And she's like, wow, this was extremely rewarding, both from an emotional and skill growth perspective. I want to be a doctor. What? You want to be a doctor? You want to serve the lesser people? Those people serve us. Us investment bankers. The (laughs) career that doesn't serve anybody. Dad, I don't want to tell you this, but you actually are subservient to... No, we just make money. I don't think the mangaka understands what this job does. I contacted the Humane Society to have your dog put down. We should have led with that. That's much worse. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. This this whole backstory, I I get why it's doing it, but like, cool. She wants to be a doctor is the takeaway. And she has equally traumatic night terrors about her father. Because her father's uh, go-to catchphrase was, I need. Uh, And it was always directed her like, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do this. No, it's always about do what you need, not what you want. Mm -hmm. And what you need is actually what I need. Because the and, whole through line is we kind of skimmed over this um, because their car broke down and because Kensho needs medical attention, uh, they're willing to provide it because they're very nice people. But it's only fair you pay us back. So, Akira, how about you work for us for two days? And he is basically unloading cars, doing everything. He finds out they're using zombies as slave labor. And Akira seems to have a problem with that, which 
doesn't jive with his character previously or ever again. So it's like, eh. Matt, <laughs> do you, Matt, do you get the metaphor? I get the metaphor, and I get do why you get Kier the for It's just weird that they chose. You could have the metaphor without having a cure going like, I can't believe they're treating them like cogs in a machine. Oh wait, they're treating them like me. I don't think he's insulted on the zombies behalf i think he's having an ego break maybe that makes more sense but yeah. I, I i believe the point is that akira is having an ego break going back to the root to the worn down rut of being a zombified worker for this uh whip cracking driver and he's he so easily falls back into it that he doesn't realize oh i should be resisting this mm-hmm. And by the end of the two days, uh, Shizuka's like, we should get out of here. This place sucks. You've got your medical attention. They fixed our wheels. We paid them what their like little racket is. And like, what are we going to do? Report it to the government They're What they're doing is fine, to be honest. Like it's it's a way to survive. Yeah, like I'm I'm not even bemoaning their little setup because as far as zombie fiction goes, Akira's boss isn't like an evil man in terms of zombie fiction. He's just a jerk to the main character. Like the the most transgressive thing he does is try to reassert control over Akira, a power dynamic he had before the apocalypse. Yeah. He wants Shizuka and Kensho to stay, but he doesn't demand it of them. He just does it to Akira because that's the power dynamic that he had and liked. And like, yeah. he tr- like, I guess the worst thing about him is he treats women like objects, but like he just treats them like objects. They still have full human autonomy like in this society so it's it's weird like it's just like he's just a middle manager it, there there's a bit of a clashing between the framing of him and his actual actions yeah. but <laughs> regardless he's, he, he's a piece of shit and he hired he hired a bunch of people that were easy to bully around which included a bunch of lack lackadaisical assholes who left the back of the truck open so zombies could get in I sure hope that, uh, hey, don't leave the back of the truck open. Some really quiet zombies that aren't going to react to the truck door closing might walk in and stand still while you close the truck door. Like five zombies walk into the back of the truck and he doesn't notice any of them when he closes the back of the truck. Exactly. It's insane. The situational irony is just insane. I, I guess what you're saying is that if you don't have a leader, you actually give a shit about people are forced to do their jobs so they don't treat them with care could be the the like thesis statement of this. But that's giving it way too much credit because the thesis statement of Zom 100 seems to be don't work jobs, but then also don't not do jobs like I think they, the thesis, I think the thesis statement of Zom 100 is don't let don't slave your life away at something you hate. I don't think I don't think this manga hates the idea of working a job because a oh, lot it definitely of, doesn't. Because at at several times it's like find something that you want to do and do that to the hilt, basically. And it describes that as having a dream job. Uh but it also, you know, vilifies exploitative companies like the one that boss whatever his face <laughs> ran yeah we're doing a real bad job about remembering names of this <laughs> the manga's real bad about telling <laughs> you yeah. names of this but yeah I, I i think the manga recognizes that jobs are a necessary part of human society as we understand it and so 
you they are a needed thing but you shouldn't hate your life <laughs> by being a part of them yeah what it, what it specifically and, has a problem with is exploitative arrangements it's kind of where we get to when it's been the two days shizuka wants to leave and they're all ready to leave and the boss says hey akira why don't you come back and work for me full time we've got a good thing going on here and akira has hated his life these past two days but he's just like you're right i can't do any better he's completely battered down yeah and shizuka being the cold <laughs> she is has to be like well fine you can stay here, but I want you to know one thing. You're not a real man if you don't do what you want rather than what you need. What? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so she basically, from the perspective of the readers, has done like a full 180 due to her character development that the apocalypse has only revealed that she should do more of what she wants to do. I think it's half that, and I think it's she sees so much of her father mm -hmm. in Akira's boss. There's just resentment pouring out of her for that. Like, yes. Very yeah. much so, which is why she adds to their bucket list of, you need to do this, kid. I'm telling you, feel so much better. Tell off your piece of crap, boss. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, because, like, the, the through line with her and Akira's relationship is, how is this guy living? Like, how is this guy surviving? He's surviving by living. He's avoiding death so he can do the things he wants. She was just staying alive. And, like, yeah. that's not what she wanted. The difference that, between surviving and living. Yeah. But regardless, that get, prompts Akira to tell off his boss. The truck we mentioned. The idiocy truck. This end is kind of a mess. And that's why we're having a hard time discussing it. Literally, he tells off his boss. The truck comes up. Zombies are everywhere. The boss is about to die. And he's just like, well, we can't just leave him to die. And Kento's just like, he's a jerk. Why not? He's like. Because. <laughs> because why? Because you all of a sudden have a conscience? Because I want to be a hero and no one deserves to be killed by zombies. Also, it's somehow more karmic when the end of this chapter happens, but whatever. Um, this plan is dumb. They get on top of the food truck. They get all the guys to come together and circle around the food truck. So all the zombies are trapped in the center. And then he burns the food truck and all the zombies die in fire. Uh, cool. Um, and then all the other guys go like, yeah, uh, uh, Akira was a way better boss than you were, guy. We're all gonna go and leave because he can just leave too. And then the boss is left with no one, which is the real karmic justice in that he's all alone. But like, they also could have just left. Like, <laughs> he's also, he's all alone there with his pants halfway down around his ass. It, it's a pretty... It's a pretty mid-tier action scene, but I get what it was going for. I had fun. I, I had fun, too. Don't ever say I'm yeah. not having fun. Just <laughs> discussing about it. It was kind of dumb. It's, it's super dumb. It's super dumb. What it's effective in is the emotional uh, idea it's trying to convey. Litigating it in a summary format rips it to pieces. But it wasn't meant to be experienced that way, which is why you should read the manga, dear listener, and not get uh, the story from us. Yes. Listen to us tell it and then watch it in the anime when it's probably better. Honestly, that's probably your best option. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. fair. And then and then watch this episode again afterward uh, to uh, uh, see how correct our analysis was. And then yeah. tell 10 of your friends to listen to the episode or else I'll come through the phone and kill you. Get that engagement up. <laughs> we, we are in your phone and we will break out. 
Wait, I'm sorry. Are we not supposed to threaten the listeners? <laughs> is that is that not good? Plan? I did not see that in the contract. Who wants sushi? Yes. That's not even what happens. That is not what happens. <laughs> it is like, what happens. Later on. They meet a weeb who wants sushi. Yeah, they do kind of just meet a weeb who wants sushi. <laughs> no, um, little German girl. Don't go into the weeb cave. Okay, uh, leading up to this, when we reveal that she also wants sushi, there is a lot of thirst trapping that happens. <laughs> her, her tits are massive. No, no, she's. Just typical Western women have big tits. It's that trope. Yeah, She's so, not shaped like a human. She is a blonde hair, blue-eyed German girl who is introduced by them wanting, running up to a uh, refrigerated truck, seeing a bunch of zombies going like, well, time to be a hero. And then the door opens and a person decked in full samurai armor with a sword kills all the zombies and goes, oh, yeah, it's me, Beatrix Amhauser. Oh, I am a good German girl and I came to Japan because I loved your culture. And at this point, I need to apologize to our German listeners because me and Sam are going to continue doing this voice because, dear God, yeah. all of her speech bubbles, thick German accent, to the point I had to read them out loud at times. Yeah, the Pope's culture is so wonderful. Kyoto, Fukimati, Ceremony. I admire Nippon very much for all its treasures. And I, and I did much studying of them. Oh, yeah, and I am a German girl, and we are going to make sushi with all these fresh fish in the back of my truck. Can I ask your brave samurai for help? But it is not. So, um, <laughs> to give you all a break from the nonsense we're going to endure, <laughs> let's, uh, let's take a quick break ourselves. Maybe we can tone down the German accents, because this, no. manga, this manga definitely didn't. <laughs> Nine. Uh, someone save us. This is worse than the zombies. Oh no, it's better. It only gets better from here. Well, Jacob, at least there are no werewolves. Werewolves, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need yeah. a process. Oh my god! Again, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back, folks. Yeah, and welcome back to the Overmanga cast. Oh yeah, we are both back. This they have been doing this for three hours. Send help. We took a long break and we had a giant beer, a pilsner, and a breakfast. And we decided that we are going to speak like this every time Beatrix is on panel, which is the rest of the reading. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, are the Germans gone? Good. I think they are. Good. I think they left somewhere around the Helsing episode. <laughs> the numbers do not tell me that, but there might be self-hating Germans. <laughs> fair. And and fair, and in all honesty, we love to have you here. Even though yep. it doesn't sound like it sometimes. Some, some members of the podcast are self-hating. Not me. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> Anyway, the point being, we have now added uh, the little German girl who went into the weeb cave to our party. Yeah, her backstory is literally, I grew up on anime and I wanted to go to Japan so bad. I bought a plane ticket and the plane landed when the zombie apocalypse happened. 
but thankfully I've been a weeb forever, so I've studied the blade. Yeah, they kind of skim over how she got the samurai uniform and everything, but eh, she's a she's, rich weeb. She's got a samurai outfit and a glaive. Okay. Regardless, she has a freezer truck full of fresh fish, which she got somehow. We're not talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and she needs to get that to the only sushi theft left in Japan, which also seems not true, but we're not going to talk about it. Because I think we skimmed over this. The entire reason they're leaving the city and getting an RV is because Akira wants to go check in on his family. who They live in like a secluded village in Kanto. Mm -hmm. um, the reason they don't go investigate anyone else's family is uh, Shizuka hates her dad. And uh, Kensho... Um, kind of, he mentions his family from is from Hakata, which I don't know anything about, but his, the way he talks seems to imply it's a very busy place, and he's just like, I don't have high hope they survived. Oh, uh, as it turns out, uh, since Akira's hometown is a, uh, secluded mountain village with only one way in or out, <laughs> how about that? Yeah, it's, uh, it's very, uh, uh helpful in that regard, because it was an old penal colony back in the, uh, Warring States period, but, uh, that is not important at the moment. What is important is that we have this fresh fish, and we need to get it to the sushi chef, because we need to have some damn sushi! Uh, unfortunately, zombies everywhere. How will we solve this problem? Obviously, it is by Kensho shaking his ass at the zombies. Oh, yeah. He gets a plus four to defense every time he does it. I, I have personally saved this panel just because it is literally just Kensho going like, you want a piece of this juicy ass? And then the sound effect is badonk. <laughs> that ass be juicy. Nice and juicy. Yeah, and the whole thing is they're trying to lure a crowd of zombies in so that Akira in his shark suit and Beatrix in her uh, samurai armor can kill a bunch of zombies. Only there are too many zombies. We can't fight them all. We are overwhelmed. At which point, uh, Shizuka, uh, Shizuka does an insane thing that I have no idea how it works, but it is very B-movie. She becomes a character from the from uh, the Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Yeah, so she saw a toy store, went into the toy store, grabbed a bunch of water balloons, filled the water balloons up with gasoline. I don't think you can fill water balloons up with gasoline, because I... I want to say the gas eats away at the type of plastic balloons are made out of, but you know what? Fine. Maybe they're different. I don't know. They happen to be the special gasoline containing water balloons at that sure. store. Why not? That That's also. They did it in such a short time period that it didn't matter. Liquid mm -hmm. gasoline doesn't ignite like this, but it looked really cool, though. They they dropped a bunch of water balloons on the crowd of zombies who, important to note, their friends are underneath the crowd of zombies. And they uh, proceed to light the gasoline. And somehow the samurai armor and the shark suit prevent any of the uh, extreme heat from getting into their lungs, apparently. Exactly. It was at that point that I thought, oh, my God, you're just killing the main protagonist. Like, and they're smiling through it, and they look, you know, like, yay, we did it. And I'm just like, oh my god, how are you still, like, smiling? Like, they should but just be covered by an equal weight of burning bodies, not the zombies should disappear. 
But it, but the panel looks really, really cool, guys. It does look really, really yeah. cool. But this is where I was fully just like, okay, they're never going to run into anything that's actually a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, I, that was my reaction, too. But dear God, the the shot of them emerging from the flames and dramatically removing the, the masks was really freaking cool. It's stupid as all hell. <laughs> There's so many reasons why no part of this should have worked, but it was cool. And then they celebrate by going to the sushi shop and having the guy make them sushi. And he's just like, well, I worked through my wife's. <laughs> my wife's funeral and my little girl's wedding. The yeah. This moment makes it all worth it for being the ultimate sushi chef. Which is. Yeah, so I guess I guess as you said, Sam, the moral of this story is you should follow your dreams to their completion. But the fact that this man worked through his wife's funeral and his daughter's wedding, I don't think should ever be conveyed as a positive trait. <laughs> like, yeah. I also think that this is stupid. That was my re immediate reaction. But I also there is a uh, positive way you can read it. He may have been catering for his uh, daughter's wedding and him uh putting himself into his work may have been a way of dealing with his grief but yeah it's still stupid yeah no that's complete reachy nonsense but you can read it positively if you're so inclined yeah i mean uh it it's weird to be in a manga whose thesis statement up until this point should have been focus on living life don't focus on working a job into the ground and this this is like a 180 from that. And it's it introduces like, a character who's like, I'm glad I worked myself into the ground. Like, it's weird. It's him doing what he loves, mm -hmm. but apparently what he loves wasn't attending his daughter's wedding or his wife's His wife's funeral, yeah. I'm more willing to forgive, but the daughter's wedding is literally, I cared more about my job than my family. Yeah, it's strange. Well, I mean, it goes to being a, well, sushi chef is a job for some but other people it's also like a main hobby or a passion project not that it's excusing it but i mean i just feel like another layer of it's not just a job yeah I, th I think this is a, i think this is supposed to be an instance of there are points when you just want to dedicate your yourself heart and soul to a craft and again not excusing being that negligent of your family about it it, but, it's literally one panel he mentions this in. It's it's hyperbole in service of an idea, but the hyperbole doesn't play the way it's supposed yeah, to is ultimately it, what it is. In literally any other manga, I wouldn't even look twice at this panel. It's just in this manga when the entire point seems to be so contrary. They're all just like, yeah, good thing you did. Break out the good sake. Anyway, who wants a hot spring episode? Yeah, they definitely do this, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a brief interlude chapter of let's go to the hot spring. Yeah. What do you mean? The male hot spring is the only one that's functioning in this broken down zombie society. Oh, uh, well, I guess the girls are going to have to get in the hot spring too. Ah, zombies. Well, no, you're skipping over my favorite panel, which is Beatrix going because she's because just like I am not bathing with men and Beatrix is like. But actually, but Shizuka, don't you know that male and female separated bathing was something imposed upon the Japanese by Ma Commander Matthew Perry? Commander Matthew Perry. <laughs> Commodore Perry. Commodore Perry, yeah. The actor from Friends was who did it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Commodore Perry. Yeah. Don't you? 
You need to have pride in your national heritage, Suzuka. It is good that we bathe with the men. I fully embrace Japanese culture. And the two boys are just like, thank you for having so much pride in our nation. Yes, it lets us see the boobies. Yes. <laughs> yes, big titty German girl. Thank you. I'm just going to say, uh, Beatrix does this repeatedly, and now's as good a time as any to mention it. I am mildly uncomfortable with the girl from Germany having her character motivation being, you should have national pride. <laughs> okay, so is the entire nation of Germany, okay? I, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I just it really is. liked how the panel of Shizuka being like, I am not going to be bailing with these guys, is uh, <laughs> juxtaposed with Kensho standing out of the water completely naked, dong in the wind. I mean, at that point, is anyone really shocked anymore? Well, maybe the ladies. This point. Beatrix is probably shocked or initially shocked. Everyone else is just like, oh my god, not again. <laughs> uh he's already used the naked uh defense buff for uh mm. uh for the sushi plan so you start being the guy who just can't seem to keep his clothes on it's kind of embarrassing which is his character trait because also <laughs> it's at this point it's constantly brought up that he wants to have sex with beatrix yes very loudly he announces this she never like comments on it she never comments or references it, so, but yes, she knows. It's actually in the hot spring section that she must know he's interested because um, we get the scene where they run away from these zombies. They climb up a cliff. They're like, oh, no, zombies are chasing us up the cliff. Oh, I guess we're going to have to wait until they get bored and walk away because that's what zombies do in this series. Yep. Um, and in the middle of the night, Akira goes to take a leak realizes mm -hmm. there's a secret mountain hot spring goes like cool i'm gonna enjoy this to myself hops in naked oh no shizuka also found the secret hot spring they're naked and then there is the exposition rock which exists only to act as the dividing wall for the cliche where the two main characters sit side to side or back to back with right. the wall between them in the opposite gender and hot springs and mm -hmm. confess their feelings for one another, yes. But don't confess their feelings, despite the fact Shizuka basically confesses her feelings because she goes like, I wish I could fall in love with a guy like you. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it... She deadass says this. There's a whole, like, page... There's, like, a whole uh, third of a page of them sitting there in the steam, and then both of them going, oh, crap, the implications of what she just said. Hey, a trope just happened. Yeah, I, I don't want to take away from anyone who enjoyed that scene, but that entire thing was summed up by the fact, okay, I guess this rock exists so we can have this cliche. <laughs> but the point I brought this up for was they are then interrupted by Kensho and Beatrix coming to the hot spring simultaneously. And Kensho says, I don't want to interrupt your date, but you totally stole my idea. So I think he had already talked to Beatrix about, hey, you want to go find a hot spring? Like... <laughs> There is an interest being conveyed there. Oh, yes. Well, you know, she has to have the full Japanese experience. I don't like the implication of that. That's <laughs> Did she just have the tip of the Japanese experience? What? Huh? What? Anyway, they want to build a treehouse. Uh, let's go build a treehouse. Oh, I hate this arc. <laughs> you do? Come on. I thought this was... Well, okay, it's it's stupid and contrived in every action sense, but okay, I thought yeah. it. I th okay, here is my summary of Zom 100. Thank you for staying here for two hours, listeners, to hear this. But 
Yes, everything action about this manga is extremely contrived, but you know what? It had heart, and I like it. This chapter definitely had heart out the ass and uh-huh. misogyny, but we're not going to talk about that one. <laughs> I guess not harmful misogyny, but just like imp- societal Casual. misogyny. Yeah, it's... Because anyway. what they 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 have to cut through the woods because the the tunnel to Akira's um hometown has been barricaded by cars and there's a bunch of zombies inside and they come to the conclusion the villagers must have done that because it's blocked on both sides, which is where we get the line mm-hmm. we mentioned earlier that there's literally only one way into the village before the tunnel was built, which is a rickety rope bridge that you have to go around through the forest to, and on the way through they run into a zombie boar. Which mm-hmm. implies and directly confirms all forms of animals can be infected by the zombie virus. Yes, the zombie terrible. virus attacks everything in the animal kingdom, including people, boars, and sharks. Again, zombie mosquitoes. World's yeah. over. GG, wrap it up. <laughs> like, even if you want to say insects aren't infected, you could still be like zombie pigeons, zombie ravens, zombie mice. It infects both cartilaginous and bony fish. Like, despite how similar they look, those are so far apart uh, on the tree of life, like cladistically, that like, how can you say it won't ever infect insects? It it wouldn't be insane to go, I guess this tree's infected with the zombie virus. Like, man, birdemic is real. Holy shit. Shock (laughs) and terror. (laughs) So anyway, there is a zombie boar that's killed like it's straight out of Princess Mononoke because... Beatrix is also real good with a bow because she has practiced all the ways of a samurai. Also, her chest is too big for a men's yukata. Uh, that got mentioned in the hot spring episode. Uh, yeah, in the hot spring. Yeah. Yeah, her chest is too big for that. And uh, Shizuka's like, that's a problem I wish I had. And I'm like, is it Shizuka? Is it really? <laughs> Everything about your character is a told pragmatist. Me- yeah, I don't know. She has a pretty nice rack herself. So I'm just like, whatever. It, it doesn't seem like a problem she'd have. <laughs> Yeah, everything about your character has told me that you value pragmatism above all else. So having back pain generators seems like so you wouldn't care about. Here's the thing, Sam. It's not outright mentioned by her, but her flashback does give the strong implication. She desperately wants a boyfriend. True. Hmm. Because probably because it's something her dad told her she could never have. So there's that kind of like, don't tell me what I want. Direct flashback. She apparently did express interest in one guy and her and her dad immediately shut that down because marriage is a thing between peers. That boy is beneath you. Yes. So she's never had a boyfriend. She's never been allowed to pursue romantic relationships until she found someone who is at least at parity. So I I think there is a thing I can at least wager that scene has some merit by like she desires male attention, which would also explain the outfit, to be fair. Yeah, I'm just saying eventually you're going to have to help with the humans race, the human species. Uh, I need male attention. So I I think her dad's plan was like political marriage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I have found a suitable mate for you. Deal with it. And she's like, okay. Well, what if I don't love him? And he'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Marriage isn't about love. (laughs) You think I loved your mother? Once. And then you came here. Anyway, we're building a treehouse. They run into this old man who's in the middle of the forest. He finds their boar. Uh, They killed it. And he's like, hey, you want to build a treehouse? And Akira's just like, that is on my bucket list. Well, time to build a treehouse. And then what literally happens is Akira, this is literally just a Dr. Stone chapter. (laughs) 
It really but is. Because it's literally Akira and Kensho are just enthralled by the manly concept of building wood. They're like, oh, yes, teach us, father. Yes, good. We are good boys. And the girls are sitting at the table drinking tea and talking about boys. Going tra-la-la. Oh, yeah. Isn't it good that you stole all the Japanese Wagyu beef? <laughs> when did that happen? It's uh, very tasty, yeah? Right, right, right before they needed it. Off panel. It's like, good thing I have these cans of foie gras. I'm like, does foie gras come in cans? I'm not rich enough to know that. <laughs> Maybe? But yeah, so that, that literal nonsense happens. And they build a tree. So it's not like they build like a tiny children's tree house. They build. Did, they, did we already run into the guy who was like. Yeah, it's the old man. It, it's the old man. He tells his backstory at the end of building. His the sad house. backstory. Yeah. When I think the sad backstories are a joke because it's literally like, hey, man. How was you, man, your family must wa love the idea of you building this treehouse. I built it for my son, but then my wife killed him when she turned into a zombie and he died before my eyes. I always promised him that I would build a treehouse when I retired, but now I realize there's not enough time. It's always the children who think they never had enough time with their parents, but sometimes the parents don't have enough time with their children. And I'm like, that's rough, buddy. Anyway, we're under siege now. We're skimming over the fact that this melodramatic scene comes after they built an entire fucking house in the course of like two hours. Oh, yeah. And not only did they build an entire fucking house over the course of two hours, they put the finishing touches on it as Beatrix is actively holding off an entire stampede of zombie boars with a bow and arrow. Because they need shelter from the boars, despite the fact all you need is the platform you're standing on. The girls could have come up at any time. Yeah. No, 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 no. They need the guardrails, too. We need the guardrails. Yep. Otherwise, these foolish women will fall to their deaths. After drinking so much tea and eating fancy meats. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'd really like to refute it, but yeah, no, that's... uh. This chapter is literally just a Dr. Stone chapter. Like, it's kind of funny in that regard. And I, I enjoyed it in the act of reading, but I also enjoyed it. Don't don't get that wrong. It's just talking yeah. about it is insane. Yes. Uh, so anyway, a bunch of zombie boars die. Awful lot of fucking zombie boars in this forest. Well, apparently we'll get to it, but there's so many they have to build an electrified fence to keep them out. Yeah. Which doesn't kill them, but deters them. And I'm just here thinking. If you could deter zombies, that defeats most of the purpose of zombies. <laughs> well, we'll get to the village. So anyway, they cross a rickety bridge to get to the village. We'll come back to that, I guess. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> well, it matters right up until Treehouse Man shows up with a conveniently built rope bridge. So it doesn't matter. But yeah. Yeah. So they go to the village. The village is idyllic country life. We're going to go to the village. We need to go to my house. We need to make sure my parents are okay. Mom, dad. No, oh, it's a bunch of naked old people dancing and being drunk. Yeah, I mean, what else would you do? So, Tanjiro's, or not Tanjiro. Tanjiro, <laughs> yeah. Tanjiro. yeah. That's, that's the. Freudian slip mat? Yeah, this arc, Akira kind of turns into a generic shonen protagonist, and I really don't like it. He might get better, but like, he was never this until this arc and then he's this for this arc and it's weird 
I guess because his family's here, he cares more, but like, eh. The whole thing is Akira hasn't been home in three years when he told his dad that he got his job at the company and then hasn't talked to them at all because life's been hectic and he doesn't want to tell them that everything he dreamed for isn't what he wanted, especially because the last time he talked to his dad, he called him, you're just a poor farmer. What do you know? Yeah, classic last words to my parent figure were insensitive and I feel bad about it because it might have been the last words forever sort of thing. Yeah. So he checks the family home. They're not there. Finds the dancing naked old men in the next house he checks and then finds his dad who still lives in the family home. So I guess they were just out for a second. Mm -hmm. Well, the the concern was that there was no they couldn't find anyone in the village and it's supposed to be building tension of, oh, no, is the village already destroyed by the zombies? But no, they were all just dancing naked in town hall or some such nonsense. Being drunk. Basically an advertisement for living in a small town in the Japanese countryside, because holy <laughs> crap, is there literally no problem with anything? It really is. It It is. It's actually worse than that, because they do do a tacit uh, attempt at uh, making it sound like there's a trade off. Boy, everything is hard work. But if you just work hard, literally everything's perfect. We've got an electric fence to keep out the zombies. We've got food. We've got. We've got uh, houses built in a way that are self-regulating temperature wise so we can spare electricity only for uh, light. We've got uh, a whole bunch of city people came and have integrated perfectly with the community and our way of life, mostly. Except for the except for the needs, except for Team Dark. Except it's weird because the community will point out they haven't really integrated and then seem to not care about them at all. It's weird. <laughs> Yeah, because we need to justify these misanthropes, uh, misanthropic view on life. Yeah, they're also misanthropic view of life kind of seems at odds with the thesis statement of the manga, which is work is abusive to you. And these are people who have had a rough shot at life, except also they're the cause of their own misery. Uh, we'll get yeah. to it in a second, but like they're not important right now they literally show up the main guy goes like oh i hate akira so much and no one no one follows up on that for like half of this arc it's insane. yeah literally it was distracting so i'm like what did the hell did akira do and then even when it when it's explained i'm like so nothing it's it's still yeah it it is still completely unmotivated yes because the main, the 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 dark guy, uh, Higurashi, recognizes Akira. Akira has no idea who he is. And it's not until halfway through the arc when Kensho points out, oh, yeah, that guy went to college with us, which is still such a, like, nebulous connection. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but um, so anyway, uh, everything's perfect in the village. The city people have moved in perfectly. They've uh, integrated amazingly. Um, there is a... A girl who does dreads and a girl who does uh, Hollywood makeup. And conveniently, Akira had a bucket list item of try out dreads. So he gets some dreads put in his hair. And that's his look for the arc. <laughs> yeah, it it looks OK. Um, it's his, a thing that happens. His dad tells him it doesn't look good. <laughs> I, I don't know. It looks fine. <laughs> like it. You know what? That that is very true to the spirit of the manga. Who know, who cares if this actually turns out to be a good idea? Try it because you wanna. I mean, yeah. That was actually also one We're of the literally first on the precipice of like a mass extinction of the human race, so why not? 
I was that was also the thing with the that's also the thing with the beard. Oh, yeah, he drew a beard on him with Sharpie because he's like, oh, wait, I'm Japanese. I can't really grow a good beard. <laughs> <laughs> Me sitting here stroking my uh, epic villain goatee. If I don't shave for two days, <laughs> start to look like a goddamn hill, uh, goddamn hill troll. Look, we all know what men look like in zombie fiction. They all have big Ron Jeremy beards, not Ron. <laughs> Ron Swanson beard. Ron Swanson doesn't have a beard. No, no, Ron Jeremy. <laughs> Nick Nick Offerman has a beard. Not <laughs> anyway. Uh, we have my favorite part, which is Higurashi uh, being a misanthrope and calling everybody normies. Yeah, in case you haven't guessed who the villain of this arc is going to be, <laughs> it's the guy who unironically says normies. Yes. Like a chud. It's the character in zombie fiction who, after the main characters find a place that is functionally immune to the zombies, has to ruin everything or else the plot can't happen. Have I mentioned I don't like zombie fiction? <laughs> I will say this much, and I, I think this is an important uh, distinction to make. Higarashi is a direct character foil to uh, Akira. That works. I hate the character trope he is. Not all needs are like aggressive and just lash out at like particular individuals for existing. I weird. I think I'll say right now, I didn't like this arc. I yeah, neither did I. I don't think it did a lot interesting. And I I think what it did do interesting wasn't necessary. Like, uh so let's let this arc, but yeah, let's let's finish the introduction and then we can really get into it because I think we're almost done. Basically, the whole big other thing that's happening is there is a little girl whose parents were killed and she has a dog that's her only friend. And for some reason, the manga decides, hmm, this little girl, who should we pair her up with? I know the grown playboy who constantly calls who constantly treats women like objects and gets naked all the time. These two will be inseparable friends. And I'm like, that's a weird choice, manga. That's an incredibly weird choice. Do you want to see, see my trick where I sloop Udon up my butt? No. You're a pedophile, aren't you? No, but I'll continue making jokes about getting naked around you. It's Ugh. weird. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's oh, that little girl is like very mature about it. She's like immediately like, you're a pedo, aren't you? This I mean, is... he, he's not. He's just stupid. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> the thing. Uh, it it immediately also... breaks her out of like her silence where she won't talk to anyone. She's like always crying, and then with him, she already gets to the point where she's just like, "Ew." Yeah, I, I'm gonna be honest. A lot, a lot of the setup arc is just setting up things that are then used in the battle as set pieces. Up. Yeah, because I mean, like, okay, so here's the here's the bit for me. It can't be Akira who connects with the little girl because he's has a whole arc with his parents. Uh, it can't be um, Shizuka who connects with the little girl because that goes directly against her bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it wasn't Beatrix, but like it had order. I'm going to be completely honest. That's probably yeah. it. Yeah, that might be it. So like it was almost it was um, uh, Kensho almost by default. That was the reason why he was the one paired up with the no, little girl. Kensho was paired up with the little girl because she's so sad she can't possibly smile and he wants to be a stand up comedian. So his goal, he makes her laugh and yeah. then he becomes a stand up comedian. That's why he's paired up with her. It's just everything else. that happens at the very beginning and then he's still paired up with her the entire arc. It's yeah. weird. Um. 
Yeah, but so regardless, let's just hop into this because we could go through the setup, but the setup is literally just to bring up points that people use to win their fights. The only thing that's of particular note is Akira's dad tells him to nothing you did well or poorly uh mattered to me. I just wanted you to dream big. And also he is he is dying of of sad death dying. disease. He's dying. He's dying of dying to death disease. Yes. He coughs up blood, which is yes, interesting. Um, which is a trope that is synonymous with death is imminent. Yeah, and I, I guess the whole thing that Akira is trying to do is he's trying to pay back his parents, which mm-hmm. yes, he his dad is not letting him, and his mom is not letting him, and they're like, hey, no, we're taking care of you. Well, they're also not just they're not like. It's not they're not letting him. It's so like legitimately like, what are you on about? What do you, what why, do you? Why would you try and pay us back in this way? That's not how you pay parents back. Uh, the one good scene is he does have a, a drink with his dad, and his dad really does seem to appreciate that. And that's when his dad kind of opens up and says, "I wanted to be an astronaut, but I'm a dumbass, so that could never happen. So you should have a dream that's really big and go for it because that means more than anything." And Akira's is like, "Dad, that kind of defeats a lot of the purpose of what you're saying, but I'm, you know." optimist so i'm just gonna go ahead with whatever you say (laughs) yes um but then uh people can't be happy so the neats have decided that people being happy makes them upset because oh because it's um higarashi and then three other people who are a fat guy and i only mention his weight because that is his personality um who he is a cook chef a I chef don't... in training. Yeah. So he didn't even make it to be chef. No, he he is a uh, pathetic fat rapist who blames his misfortune on others. His one aspiration is to forcibly, forcibly French kiss a girl. Yeah, he, he wants mm. a tongue kiss a girl, which is, it's, yeah. The fact that it's technically sexual assault doesn't make it any less creepy. And he, didn't, he did not say, oh, I would like to be able to make out with, with a girl. He says he wants to forcibly French kiss a girl. Really, really, I say that his personality thing is blaming his misfortune on others. That's all of them. Yeah, yeah. they are. They are all one character and not very interesting. The boss needs to be right. Girl says that everyone else is wrong. Uh, complainer man says that uh, why why didn't my wife see how much pain I was in? And Higurashi's entire thing is, I'm not happy why anyone else happy. Yeah, I will talk about them individually as they're because what basically happens is uh, they all decide they hate. They want everyone to be miserable. So they've created their own hundred bucket list. But it's all about I want to inflict as much pain. Like I want to burn down the place I used to work and like that thing, like what some people's revenge fantasies might be as opposed to Akira's, which is like, I want to live life to the fullest. I want to do all the things I never could. They want revenge for how they lived their lives previously. Mm -hmm. And so how to do that? They steal the keys to the cement truck blocking the tunnel and they drive it out of the way and zombies flood the village. And Based on the end of this arc, I can only assume the zombies only killed the people who moved here from the city. Because <laughs> that's the only people who die. <laughs> there, There's a bunch of shots that are clearly of villagers dying, yet... All the villagers are still alive at the all end. All of the villagers are alive at the end, yes. <laughs> so it's, it's just the new people from the city, which is concerning. 
but um so there's a whole zombie outbreak uh the people split off into teams for a reason i can't really remember but this was like seven this is seven chapters of our reading so like literally a good chunk of it but like this arc takes so long and it does the shonen thing where it splits into four separate fights where um akira's with his family and higurashi eventually finds them he's actually the last fight um shizuka runs through a cornfield and is chased by zombies and then also she's drawing them away from the old people because uh her doctor ambition yeah she wants to be a doctor that kind of gets breezed over it ends up not mattering but kind of mattering uh but it's it's literally so, just... it matters a bit because she ends up becoming the kind of she can she ends up becoming the doc for the village and she's kind of like okay i'm not actually a trained doctor but i what can't... i mean sam by it doesn't matter is she then just leaves the village at the end so it's like we don't yeah. see it mattering fair we we can talk about it later but basically it's a children of the corn kind of homage as she's being chased by um that former chef who wants who's who wanted who's his bucket list item was fire a real gun so he's got like a police six shooter and has fired like four bullets out into the air so he's not made good use of those uh but no, his, his plan is particularly smart people to be fair his plan is chase the girl down in the cornfield and force her at gunpoint to make out with him not not good people mm -hmm. but considering what the other people have done uh actually no, it's just Higurashi. <laughs> Literally, everyone else doesn't do much. Um, yeah. Beatrix, Beatrix goes to the watermill and fights the uh, bossy girl. Because they need because she needs to turn off the electric fence so that the people can escape. And bossy girl is there and has a chainsaw and goes, your Nippon skill cannot fight modern farming equipment. And also, I was a fencer in college, and I'm like, you're you've got a chainsaw that's not even close to a foil your okay, skills are so kendo is slightly different than fencing she said she was a fencer oh yeah but what if i went and uh cut off the water wheels so that i could ride it to sh to run over the zombies uh, yeah i yeah. don't i i don't think that fight ends by the way i think she gets on the water wheel and leaves chainsaw girl because the entire time she's fighting with the chainsaw she's just like oh this attracts so much attention we don't have long for this fight and she's not in the ending scene so i assume she got eaten by zombies the I, the the implication of the framing is that she got run over by the water wheel but they do not show that yeah her her fight's weird uh, they also don't spend a lot of it. Most of it's the flashback that I don't care about because it's literally just her being a bossy micromanager who hates all her coworkers because they're incompetent. But then the upper management hates her because she's a busybody. Like, eh. Um, and then we get the um, Kensho went after to save the girl because she couldn't. He couldn't find where she was, and she was being surrounded by zombies. And we get the balding guy who goes, my wife just demeans me all the time. And I'm going to be completely honest. The first half of this flashback, I'm going like, wow, one of these guys is not like the other because this person just has a wife who does not like him. And then they're like, oh, no, we're making him too sympathetic. We got to include the back half of this, which is like, hey, did you ever remember her birthday? No. Did you ever go to your child's birthday? I was too drunk. Oh, wait, hold on. No, he's just a jackass. <laughs> but like... I don't know. It was weird. Uh, he's trying to shove them off into the. He's also the least threatening because he just has like a cattle prod. It's not even a cattle prod. It's but it's just uh, 
it's just a like a man catcher a man catcher pole yeah and he's trying to shove uh kensho off of the roof into the zombies and kensho's like well if if you want everyone to go down with you then let's both go down together and he pulls them off and instead of going into the zombies kensho dives into the cesspit so he's covered in poo and I guess the zombies weren't attracted by sound, they were attracted by smell, so they don't notice the poo man. But but they are explicitly attracted by sound, so... The allowed poo man. The, uh, the, the plot needs them to be attracted by smell for this. Uh, I, I do appreciate how the cesspit is pixelated the entire time. So oh, there's, yes. just, there's just a two-page panel of naked Kensho, like diving into a thin pixelated line and i'm like ooh, manga you getting saucy yeah it's pretty funny <laughs> yeah and then the little girl laughs at how gross he is mm -hmm. while being naked while being naked and covered in poo yeah which is pretty funny i'm not gonna lie um the way kira wins his fight is his dad goes out to heroically sacrifice himself and higurashi is like haha but what if i took your dad hostage now come so out here how did higurashi do this he has a, he has a, a, a cat. Wait, how did he drive no, it? There? No, the who drove the forklift? It? The guy who was driving the forklift was chasing Suzuka through the cornfield. Shut up. <laughs> it makes no sense. There's no one to operate the bucket either. How did he reach down? He, like, he had a, wait, did he even have a, a, a thing? He to has pull? an excavator. No, I mean, I mean, how did he get, uh, Akira's dad up to the excavator. He, he reached down and pulled him up, which implies this neat has insane upper body strength. Because this is a sick man, so he's lost weight, but he's still a full-grown man. Uh, and then he threatens him. I love this panel because it's just like, if you don't want your dad's hoe to go through his throat, and I just wanted Akira to go, don't talk about my mom that way! <laughs> <laughs> but Higurashi is holding Akira's dad hostage threatening to shove a sharpened hoe through his throat and or throw him off of the thing into the zombies because then he goes like by the way my sad backstory is you remember how we were in college and you guys were on the rugby team and you one day said you invited me to lunch wow don't you know i'm an introvert and i just wanted to be included like literally his backstory is in middle school i decided i was an introvert and thus everyone hated me and I'm like, buddy, like everyone else on your team, you are the cause of all of your misfortunes. <laughs> I'm sitting like, bro, I'm an introvert, but I'm not a misanthropic piece of Yeah, that was my reaction as well. Uh, I do not blame other people for my lack of interaction. I recognize that I don't want copious amounts of interaction with other people. And so I regulate that personally by taking personal responsibility like a doll. Yeah. And, th and that's that's me on the Internet whenever I see introvert posts, because I always get like a nagging thing in the back of my head is like, this sounds like you're complaining that other people aren't reading your mind when you want attention. Like, yeah, I will call out my people on that. I hate, <laughs> I hate introvert articles because they all read the exact same way. How dare I have to communicate my needs to others? Like, I mean, that, that's the way it be. I, I also have to do that in case that isn't obvious to you, but whatever. Um, we're kind of skimming over. Um, I'm not sure I can remember how Shizuka's fight ends, but I want to talk about... Old Chef people 
Oh, the old people come to her defense. That's right. Oh, that's right. The molesting grandpa is also real good with a gun. So he yeah. shoots the hand off of Chef Boy. That's right. Yeah, and it's really dumb. He was the right. gunsmith. That's why. Right. We well, forgot about gropey grandpa. Yes. It doesn't matter. There's also a hunting club. So this village has like multiple rifles that they don't use. Uh, but anyway, uh, I just want to talk about Chef Boy's backstory because it is literally, I worked as a chef, uh, chef's assistant. Uh, they're speaking in Italian when they're calling out numbers. I don't want to learn anything for this job. It's not my fault. Uh, why can't people just tell me exactly what they want to do? Uh, why can't they just have ashtrays in the kitchen? It's not my fault. It's just so unlucky. And I'm just reading this going like, I don't know who has had to deal with a person who just needs to be spoon fed every single thing they need to do for their job I and any time they I hit take. and like seriously i've had to deal with a person exactly like this who is like i need to be spoon fed everything and if you don't tell me like in a bulleted list what i need to do you have failed me i'm I just take. like that is not my job to do your job for you and then write it out so you can do it like just have personal agency just do things. Don't just blame other people. IT. <laughs> I'm not talking about clients, by the way. Okay, I'm kind of talking about clients, but I'm not talking about clients, by the way. I'm talking about the text. You know who you are. No, I, I, I'm saying I have met people who probably on the whole could be described as relatively smart, who just lack any form of agency who choose not to understand you can explain it to them and it won't matter they they just like give me a bulleted list to do and i'm like you're not a robot i shouldn't have to do this oh and the very best ones are you give them a bulleted list and you're halfway through point two and this is too complicated i don't understand like cool i not my job i figure it out what do you want me to do at that point? <laughs> so you want me to right-click on the file and hit extract as? I don't. I don't see that. So I don't I, see that. Long story short, I. Felt, I don't see that. <laughs> long story short, I felt no sympathy for this man. Yeah, I, I, I sure hope he's not the one of the uh, dark squad that gets redeemed or anything. Spoiler alert: mildly upset he lived. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. I, li I literally did not want this man to live so much. I thought he was Higurashi. <laughs> like, I'm I actually thought he was Higurashi who miraculously survived the zombie bite. Yeah, so Higurashi is threatening the dad. Uh, he's basically just like, I want everyone to suffer. Akira, I have decided I am your nemesis. I will spare your dad's life if you come out and get eaten by zombies. And then, canonically, what must have happened is he was then cool just waiting with a hoe against the dad's throat for like an hour and a half. The manga doesn't tell you that's what happened. The manga has them talk for a bit and then cuts to black for what must have been 90 minutes. Uh, montages happen in real time. It literally must because what comes out is they open the door and Akira, uh, a bunch of zombies flock in and Akira comes out as a zombie and like, there's a long time where the manga's like, holy shit, he gave up himself to be a zombie after his dad explicitly said, hey, I don't know why I need to tell you, but a parent's number one goal is not to have their child die before they do. That's literally the one thing we want is to not outlive our children. 
Like, there's literally no reason you should ever think you should sacrifice your life for your parents. They do not want that. Full stop. They would not have created a next generation if they wanted to live beyond the next generation. Meanwhile, Suzuku's father, if I could live forever, I would. <laughs> yeah, but he's a villain, so. You seriously, what your parents truly and really want is for you to live a long, happy, and be successful. Or not necessarily just for them, but for yourself. Yeah, like literally his dad constantly tells him, I want you to live your dreams and do well for humanity. Let me die. And uh, Akira's just like, no, I'm going to sacrifice myself. God damn you it, kid. idiot. I have failed as a parent. You are no longer my son. That's <laughs> literally what he says. Uh. Uh, and then Akira comes out. He's a zombie. He comes up to the thing and... Higurashi was apparently low enough to the ground that zombie <laughs> Akira could grab him and pull him down. Well, the, which, the big thing is that Akira jumps, which zombies don't do. There is literally nothing in this series that tells me zombies can't jump, but you know, Fair Jacob, point. You're, you're free to think that. Um, so he jumps, grabs him, and then reveals, haha, it was just a ruse. Let me flash back to the 90 minutes of, hey, you remember how one of the survivors was a Hollywood makeup artist? Isn't that weird? We threw that in at the beginning. It's yeah. so I could have zombie makeup done to me. Yeah, it would <laughs> be because of that earlier uh, uh, insertion of that character. It's pretty obvious what's happening. She puts on latex prosthetics in the course of what should be a small conversation. It's like, ins it's just insane. <laughs> and they traumatize a poor chicken. This is the end of the arc. And the big reveal is we spent 90 minutes preparing a plan off screen. Yep. Uh, and anyway, he pulls down Higurashi and Higurashi goes like, I always hated you. Uh, I always hated you because remember when you went to lunch and you invited me and I said no because I was a loser and all your friends go like, that was weird. That guy seems like he really disliked our nice friendly invitation. I hated you. I Weird, weird cut. You guys ever see Meet the Robinsons? Yes. Because that, that has that amazing scene I love where it's like... Oh, no, yeah, no, this is very Meet the Robinsons. The main they, villain just goes like... Um, they all hated me. Hey, Goop, you want to be friends? Nice binder. They all hated me. <laughs> yes, yes, it's literally that. And he's just like, well, what was your dream? I just wanted to go to the pool with my friends back in elementary school because that was the last time I was happy before I decided to be decided to miserable. I decided to be miserable is literally what he did. And I don't know. Akira has a lot more empathy for him than I do, which is literally like he was in a shitty situation. He didn't know what to choose. I'm like, yeah, but the shitty situation is literally by his own creation. Like, uh, anyway, he gets bit on the ankle by a zombie because no one was paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> like they're literally surrounded by zombies this entire time. And they don't do well, much. <laughs> the, um, the zombies that they had actually uh, killed a lot of the zombies, the zombies that uh, they that were around the house they had let in when they traumatized the poor chicken. Um, so presumably the idea is that the, the all the nearby zombies were uh, indisposed and this one came in from elsewhere. 
but like it is plot convenient zombie arrives to deliver karmic punishment Jacob, you keep saying traumatizing the poor chicken that's not the worst thing that happens to a chicken on our reading that's not even the third worst thing <laughs> it is not you're not wrong but i still feel bad for the poor bird we skimmed over this the little girl is missing because her dog went out to go hump chickens <laughs> oh god you're right personally as far as i'm concerned with this a lot of a lot of what carries uh, the intention here is uh, the facial expressions, because I I really think that the artwork in this is is quite uh, good. No, it's amazing. The artwork carries the story. <laughs> like, You're not wrong. But like the the facial expressions of Akira, a lot of it is just like frustrated exasperation. <laughs> like, yeah. you idiot. You could have just said this in words, but you know what? You're about to die, so I'm going to I'm going to show you a little bit of empathy because it doesn't cost me anything. I'm going to show you how wrong you were in your final moments. When I go to when I become a zombie, we can go to the pool together. And he's like, "I'd like that." And then he dies. Mhm. Mm and I presume they bury a stake through his head or something. Yeah. Uh, probably. They don't They don't really show how they cap zombies cuz I guess you die and then you become a zombie later. Uh, yeah. It doesn't really get into the rules because it doesn't uh, matter. That's it's zombie point. fiction. It's not the point. But anyway, we we cut to um the ending where uh they where everything gets gets fixed perfectly and cleanly. Yeah, this idyllic mountain town is back to complete normal despite the fact all the city people died because we don't see uh, I guess we see the makeup artist and the um so, uh the hairstylist because those are the only characters we spent any time with. Oh, and the little girl. The little girl's technically city. And then, despite the fact the old people said, leave us to die, they're all alive. So clearly, they didn't need help. Uh, uh, it's uh, during the whole big dramatic scene, it was revealed. Uh, uh, Akira's dad revealed, I am dying. Don't. Uh, I have dying to death disease. Don't I worry don't about me. Long last, it doesn't even matter. And then we get the scene where the. <sighs> The town escapes. Oh, because uh, Beatrix rode the water wheel, couldn't stop, crashed through the electric fence. Um, they run to the bridge because they're being chased by zombie boars. The bridge is out. They then find the um, the carpet guy. Yeah, the treehouse guy built a new bridge. They have to jump to go grab it. Everyone's safe. Um. And then they come back. The carpenter guy agrees to live in town now that he's done dealing with his son's death and helps them rebuild. And also we talk with Akira's dad because he is now on his deathbed. He was gone for too long and he overworked himself. So now he's got a fever and he's just like, dad, I'm so sorry. I'm going to do whatever you can. He's just like, no, you need to help humanity. And he's just like, you're right. I do. That was my dad's final words. And the mom just goes, yeah, he's real stubborn. He's uh, had hemorrhoids for a long time. He should have got a surgery now because they're an anal sister. Um, and if we're not careful, it could turn into cancer. Mom, the way you've been talking made me think he already had cancer. This is him just being a stubborn old man. I thought it was cancer the whole time. He had dying to death disease. He coughed up blood into his hand. What did, he mean by he, what did he mean by he didn't have long left and you seemed okay with him sacrificing his life for us? Oh, I don't have a good explanation for that, so I'm not going <laughs> to address it. Look, it's a funny punchline right now. Uh, it's great how Akira's then trying to be like, I'm going to live by my dad's final words. And his dad just goes like, those are great final words to live by, son. Shut up. You're ruining the moment. 
the other characters pointing out but he's right there he's responding to you right now <laughs> but um yeah the big thing is akira was never going to stay here forever because he acknowledges his friends don't have connection to this place and they have other things they want to do and he's got other things he wants to do on his bucket list so now that the mountain town is ridiculously idyllic they've parked cars in front of the tunnel and threw the keys in the bottom of the well so that no one could ruin it by being depressed again i guess was the moral there uh also oh, they need a massive zombies in the tunnel in the first place but okay yeah yeah also the chef is still alive despite the fact he got his hand shot off and he now he no it's worse than that he got the gun shot out of his hand like a <laughs> western oh wait I, his hand wasn't shot off wow that's an insane shot <laughs> yes his hand was completely undamaged it just hit the tiny police revolver okay on a well, tower a mile and a half away i'm exaggerating the exact distance but you get the point you under you understand why i thought this was higurashi right <laughs> yeah Regardless, uh, he's sweating and going like, oh, no, well, he's he's learned his lesson. He just needs someone to tell him what to do. It's just like, OK, you're really teaching the wrong lesson here, because now he just does farm work, which is someone tells him exactly what to do and he doesn't get to complain. Uh, also, I guess he gets to feel bad because of all the people he is directly responsible for the deaths of. Gets off kind of easy unless there's an implied thing that he needs to do the farm work, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know what a good solution is here. I'm not going to be honest. He, he's an indentured servant. Uh, I mean, uh, standpoint, sure. not killing him makes it makes sense if you. But why would you trust him, though? Why would you not? There's literally no reason to trust him. And so, like, yeah, no, I, I, I <laughs> I'm glad he's the one that got the. Oh. The old man farmer is the one saying he's a good kid. He just needs someone to actually like beat him into shape, which I kind of believe because his thing was he was working in an environment where people didn't have time to dedicate to him. Not that they should have had to dedicate their time to him. This old man is doing a service by being like he needs extra help. I am going to help him, which sure, uh, if you're going to give that level of clarity i think a bunch of the other people were redeemable and you just let them get eaten by zombies so i'm not really yeah why why, why does this yeah. why is this guy the one who gets to live the, the person who didn't like the fact that his wife grew distant seems like he could have been redeemed by like hey your wife's probably dead your son's also probably dead but you know whatever lots of people have dead family members there's a girl with a missing I, like I, it's weird who they chose to redeem and that they chose to redeem him well, actually, okay, I just had a thought. I, didn't, I, didn't, I mean, redemption is like, it's two panels of being like, oh, hey, this guy's still alive, and now he's working for his redemption, and now he's working off his guilt. Yeah. In the fields. It, it's it's not like he's suddenly perfectly forgiven and li living no, no, high no, life. Sam, I'm talking about, like, narrative forgiveness, like how the ah, narrative... Sure. You yeah. the, the mangaka chose who survived who, this. Who got to live and who got to die. And actually to that end the thing is in normal zombie fiction not necessarily the best person the most narratively clean person is going to survive but this series is so like 
lighthearted and idyllic for zombie fiction, it primes you to expect redeemable characters to survive so they can be redeemed. It's weird that this series let this character live. It's not weird that he happens to be the one that survived. It's weird that this manga let him live because it otherwise is is primed to have you expect clean narratives. So not to turn this into like a moral philosophy podcast, I I think if we're going to go like on a moral scale, I think of the people involved in this, he's probably the least evil if we're going to use evil just to represent immorality. Right. Um he does try and force to tongue kiss a girl at gunpoint, but like that's in contrast to his cohorts actively trying to murder people. So it's like everything's a scale, I guess. Yeah. Like Yeah. And and his backstory is the least outwardly evil. He does burn burn the restaurant down due to negligence. But it's due then, to negligence specifically. Yeah, it, it's due to maybe not even negligence, but like incompetence. Mm. So it's like, I guess the moral is he thought he never thought he had to better himself. So he was constantly messing things up as opposed to the other people who were just bad people. Yeah, I think and I think I think the reason why we're all kind of stuck on this is because, again, the series has primed you to expect clean narratives, whereas Jacob, I don't like him because of personal experience with people like him. I I am biased. (laughs) I'm going to let you. But like we're like I I also felt that this was weird, like this didn't make sense relative to the rest of it. And it's because of you know, the nature of how uh, the story has, you know, treated who lives and who dies up to that point. It's it's a much more like normal zombie fiction decision to let him live, Yeah, which this isn't normal zombie fiction. So that's why it comes off as weird. Yeah. Well, regardless, he lived. Everyone's fine in the village. Uh, and Akira goes on to go off to do his um, bucket list because he's got friends who have other things they want to do and they all add their own dreams to the list. And they do the One Piece moment of everyone announcing their dreams about how Akira wants to cure this, to save all the humanity from the zombie infection. Um, Shizuka wants to become a doctor. Uh, Senku wants to make the world smile. And Beatrix, being the good German she is, wants to instill a national pride in the people of Japan. <laughs> I like how you called him Senku. Is he Kensho? Not even close. Kensho is very Dr. Stone. He, he yes. is the most Dr. Stone character I've seen outside of Dr. Stone. Uh, and they go on a road trip, which, considering the fact they run into no opposition, seems like an excuse just to draw a bunch of Japanese tourist destinations. Yes. Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, I mean, think about it. You have one person who, due to the confines of work, never had an opportunity to travel. Then you have uh, Japan Abu, who also wants to go. Works out. It sure does. Uh, there's also a hint that the plot line is going to be they're going to find a cure for the zombie virus. Oh, yeah, which, that's always in the back burner, though. Which feels very <laughs> Dr. Stone. Um <laughs> I, well, they also joke that Chizuka is going to stumble upon, like, a vaccine, like, several times, right? Well, uh, they don't say that explicitly, but they say she wants to be a doctor and she's good at studying. So I 100% believe that's where it's going. But let's let's walk into the discussion apps because that feels like part of it. Uh, so, Sam, let's start with you. Favorite character, favorite zombie encounter. 
I think my favorite my favorite character is Shizuka. I liked the character arc of her learning to open up and be more uh, open to the idea of uh, living life for more than the simple continuance of existence. And that is a bit of a hard decision because God, I love Akira so much. <laughs> <laughs> I I understand why other members of this podcast might not like Akira, but I fucking love Akira. I also don't like Tanjiro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as for my favorite zombie encounter, um, it, uh, it it's entirely based on the cool guys don't look at explosions moment at the end, but it's when they were going to lure the zombies into the alleyway to set them on fire to get to the sushi chef. It, it's got all the fun oh. things. It's got juicy ass. It's got cool uh, poses. It's got fire. It's got everything I like. Sam, I, I'm 100% on board with you there. I, I mocked that scene. I'm excited <laughs> to see it in the anime. Like, yeah. Oh, that'll be so cool. Yes. Oh. But, yeah. Uh, so, Jacob, uh, favorite character, favorite uh, zombie encounter? Shizuka and Akira uh, stand out the most because I feel like they have the most dynamic character. Um, the, the cartoonish extremes of um, Shizuka's backstory... I, like Matt, don't necessarily totally vibe with, but, like, the intention of that I I felt was well handled. Like, like again, it's the... The practicum is not necessarily its strong suit, but the vibe is there. Um, so I'd probably also go with uh, Shizuka um, on the grounds that I, I think that... I think that she has the most, like, change in her character, you know, in a you know, in a natural progression sense, though Akira is definitely uh, second and close behind because one thing I really liked about Akira's character is that he has this sort of he has this sort of interesting progression of he starts off almost in denial of the situation and like slowly whilst never losing his I want to live life to the fullest sense of optimism slowly gets that little bit more pragmatic so he can survive long enough to do the things on his list. Um, that is, um, it, uh, that is itself a, uh, pretty strong character arc. So, uh, it's really, it's really a match between those two. Um, and as for the encounter, uh, Sam stole mine. So, uh, I guess I'll go with the, the stupid walking shark. Cause despite how stupid every part of that was, the uh the lightning punch was freaking cool <laughs> it's dumb it makes no fucking sense but it was cool so we're going with that <laughs> 10 out of 10 cool cool uh jay favorite character favorite zombie encounter come on you already know she's a car <laughs> I, I resonate with her on so many levels um <laughs> number two would be kenjo just because he has that that extra spice of life that you're just like you're embarrassed by, but also he he makes you laugh, and it's very important to have a, have someone who makes you laugh, even if it is very tried tried and true. Oh God, why is he naked? <laughs> <laughs> um, so favorite encounter I would have to say literally um is Akira and Kencho's encounter with the flight attendants. That was just, whoa. Um, 
part of me was hoping that one of at least one of the flight attendants would have survived but nope that was just a wash uh the whole thing is just like just please forget oh, check off they, they were <laughs> setting up the flight attendant who was talking to akira to be like main girl energy and they're like nope yeah she got it. yeah uh that was kind of a i don't want to say a jerk reaction i was just like oh <laughs> That is also the encounter where we get the flight attendant just being nabbed out of Kensho's hand. He's like, well, <laughs> just happened. Mm. Moving right along. Uh, and uh, finally, Matt here. Um, dang it. I had this planned before everyone else did theirs, but I'm like, I can't, I can't neglect my girl, Suzuka. 24-year-old career woman knows what she wants. She is actually 26. She's the oldest one. Oh, I thought she was 24. She's highlighted several times when they do the character bubbles. She is 26. I might have misread. Oh, you know what? You're right. Akira is 24. She's two years older than the other two. You're right. They do those character bubbles every chapter because you need to know that Akira is a former wage slave. Yeah, you know, I don't read. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, I, I like 26 year old career woman, uh, tomboy. Everything going for her. her personality was terrible, started off, but she got better. Um, I would have yeah. I would have said Akira, because uh, I really liked him in the beginning. Like I liked the toxic positivity, but then he just turned into a shonen protagonist, and I'm like, "Ew, Tanjiro," and I'm like, Duh. I'm like, "Ew, Deku, ew, Tanjiro." I hate oh it. I, don't, I can't. I can't. No, these are bad. It's bad <laughs> to like these things, and people who like these have no taste. Strong, oh strong statements. I'm going with. Um, Let's see. As a standard. Uh, uh, I think of the characters, Kejo, like, I really love him. <laughs> I think his jokes always land. It's always funny. Uh, I think it's ridiculous he lives in this world that otherwise treats things pretty seriously. But, you know, he does what he does. He wants to make people laugh. And I love his playboy attitude. It's cool. Uh, favorite zombie encounter? I really got to go with Beatrix versus the chainsaw woman. Because <laughs> that fight makes no sense. And it's just, it's just insane. Isn't that Zom 100? Just, it doesn't make any sense, but it sure is insane. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Because like, for all the complaining that we've made, I think all of us have mentioned at different points, Despite the fact that this is stupid and doesn't make sense, and I have a lot of questions about this, it was still fun, so that's okay. <laughs> oh, I guess, Jacob, that kind of rolls into our final question. Uh, would you continue reading Zom 100? Much as I liked it, uh, and because this isn't typical zombie fiction, uh, and because a lot of the things I hate most about zombie fiction are played as jokes in this, I didn't dislike it as much as I normally dislike zombie fiction. But purely on my dislike of zombie fiction, I probably wouldn't read it on my own, but I would be 100% down for uh, doing a revisit um, because, I don't know, there there are a lot of places where there, there's almost a bit of a fun mental game of uh, justifying its weird decisions sometimes. I'm not going to lie, but I kind of had some fun with that. Um <laughs> So, I mean, if you like if you like zombie stuff and you and you want something uh, light and no calorie to chew on, uh, as it were, then I definitely recommend it to people who like zombie stuff. But as someone who's not a fan of the genre, I'd probably pass. OK. Uh, Jay, would you continue reading? I'm going to 
offense here, but I have to say that I have to follow up with Jacob. It's I'm just not that into, you know, zombie fiction and that's just not my genre. But I did enjoy from what we did read, so I probably uh, would not read this on my own. But if we ever revisit, yes, I would read. In the vibes, I started with the wrong two cast members. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sam, would you continue reading? Oh, absolutely. Like, for all of the weird contrived stuff in this, I thought it from uh, chapter one. This manga has heart. It has so much heart, and I adore it for that. So I will continue to follow it so long as it has that heart. And finally, Matt here, and I hated this. This was awful. <laughs> this wasn't well-constructed. This had tons of plot holes. This was just like a shocky B-movie, and the entire time I loved it for it. <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> I loved finding plot holes. I loved going like, this is stupid because this felt like watching a bad horror movie. And I love bad horror movies. And it's got the vibe of someone sitting beside you watching the bad horror movie going like, isn't this stupid that they're getting away with this? Isn't this contrived? Isn't this melodramatic? And they keep doing it. And it, it just hits that niche of like, it's doing things that objectively should be bad, but conveniently reading fiction is an objective medium. So it's like, you're right. This is bad. I love it. I think I think one of the best ways to describe uh, Zom 100 is it's that kind of so bad it's good, bad movie, but in manga form. It's also purposefully like that. Like, it's yeah, not... that is that is the fun thing where uh, a lot of times if you try to make a so bad it's good thing, it tends to fall flat on its face, but it actually kind of works here. This is just very sincere. <laughs> yeah, it, it's that heart that uh, Sam kept talking about. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that brings us to the end of the reading. So as always, we are over MangaCast at over MangaCast on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Honestly, prefer YouTube at this point. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, episodes are on a, a two week delay there, but uh, you can like, comment and subscribe. We do love when you do all those things. Uh, we also have um, OverMangaCast.com. That one uh, has all of our current episodes, and uh, you can even comment on individual episodes there as well. Also, if you have any suggestions or reviews or just, you know, you like the series and you want us to read other things, maybe even bad things, maybe even good things, you can reach out to us over MangaCast at gmail.com or as Jacob mentioned, over MangaCast.com has a nice little comment box for you and that reaches out directly to us where we can read you and be like, oh, people like what we do. I love reading those emails, but also the people who say, ew, we hate you guys and you don't know what you're talking about because you're some kind of elitist who thinks they're better than everyone. And democracy is just some kind of illusion because it allows the lesser classes to think they're equals to you. You probably have points, but I'm not going to listen to you. We love hearing any of those at all. And make sure to tune in next week where we're going to be reading Crazy Food Truck chapters 1 through 16. I'm sure it will be more hinged than this week. You're going to be <laughs> very disappointed. Excellent. I look forward to it. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. So, like, seriously, how are the cell towers still up? Like, they have cell service the entire time. Uh, oh, not well, the entire time. See, if you get closer to the cell tower, it works, I guess. The brave men and women at Verizon just 